The Beehive Sports Podcast is powered by Swing Juice. Visit swingjuice.com. Use promo code Beehive20 for 20% off your golf and MLBPA apparel. Swing Juice, wear it, feel it, play it. Memorial Day weekend, everybody. We got a good show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to get into the birth of my child, which is going to be badass. It was really cool. I'm excited to talk about that. Local shout outs in the opening buzz. Uh, we have. A new thing we're going to try called Buzzin' and Buzzkill. We'll explain that when we get to it. It's going to be in the opening segment. Uh, talk a little bit about the NBA Finals that are going to be starting here, the College Softball World Series, and uh, what could be a things that sting story, but we're going to discuss it in the opening buzz. Uh, Jock Peterson and Tommy Pham's little fantasy football uh, slugfest, I guess, or slap fest. I don't know, whatever you'd want to call it. Sports history. It's going to be last week. Devin's birthday edition this week, Asher's birthday edition, May 27th. So five fast facts coming to you uh, that happened on May 27th. Uh, Sketty on, we have, uh, he's going to get into basically some shitty journalists uh, saying things they shouldn't and reaction from players. And, and it's, uh, it's going to be good. He actually kind of vented to me about it already. So I had a preview. I don't want to spoil anything. I'll let him get into it. Uh, I mean, it's, it may or may not be about the San Francisco 49ers, right? May or may not. May or may not. And the things that sting, no rundown tonight, but we have five stories. Uh, Isai Toot, jury finds him not guilty. We're going to get into that. That's a past uh, a story that we've discussed. Dwayne Haskins' uh, toxicology and medical report is complete. They released that. Uh, so those are two old stories we're going to come back to and revisit. Uh, and then we have well, three new ones. Obviously, news broke today. Jeff Gladney uh, dies in a car crash early this morning. The current Arizona Cardinal, former Minnesota Viking first-round pick. So we'll talk about that a little bit. John Gruden lawsuit. He had a judge, uh, Nevada judge, denies an NFL motion to dismiss the, the lawsuit. So we'll talk about that. And Brendan Langley and the United employee brawl that uh, the video surfaced went viral. Last in my hive, re, uh, reoccurring guest, Jonathan Buckets Shusky. So we talked last week a little bit about how he was hitting the transfer portal. I spoke with him. Unfortunately, I'm an idiot, and I forgot to speak to him sooner because he said he totally would have made his announcement on the show of where he's transferring <laughs> to, but he already did on his Twitter page, which reminded me I needed to text him, so I did. Uh, he's coming on. He's joining us in my hive. Going to be a good one. Let's go. Welcome to the Beehive Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe and Sketty. The opening buzz is brought to you by Bush Light. Farmer cans now available for each case sold. Bush Light will donate a dollar to Farm Rescue with John Deere matching the uh, total. A good donation. We need our farmers. Uh, here he is. To the world. It, it's him. It is him. Asher Ryan Bees is making his first podcast appearance at three days old. <laughs> so he's, he's little late to the game. Well. He's got some 
he's got some work to do. Three days is a little too old. Yeah, he's uh, crushing <laughs> bottles and diapers. Uh, mom's doing well, healthy, baby's healthy. Uh, it's it's been great. I'm going to tell the story of him, but I did want to want to throw him out there for everybody to take a little look, take a little peek at the, the little man and his full head of hair. Uh, I, yeah, I had a I, lot of I'm jealous questioning where it came from. Yep, yep, I know. I, <laughs> I said uh, so. He gets um, I can't remember Luego. Devin, is that what it's called? Luego. We think it's called Luego. I can't ever remember the name of it. But babies who have hair that uh, uh, it's like on his shoulders. He doesn't have a ton, but he has a little bit, you know, and it's to keep them warm. Obviously, it all falls out. Uh, so my joke to the nurses is I had Luego on my head. <laughs> so that, that was why it you know, just all fell out. So hopefully like not the it. same for this little fella, but I'm going to pass him off to mom. There's Devin. She can say hi real quick. Okay, so that's uh, that was Asher. I wanted to wanted to get him on here, and <laughs> we got some comments here. Christy Kuzminski saying, "Congratulations to the Beezes, Asher. You are adorable. You're correct." And we've been saying all weekend we might be slightly biased. Slightly. Yeah, no, he's a cute kid. He is a cute, cute kid. kid. So yeah, he's cool. Uh, so we'll get into him. I'm going to uh, talk about his story here in a minute, but a couple things we want to get to. Uh, obviously, we uh, gave Bush Light their their recognition they so much deserve with Farm Rescue and John Deere. Maynard Woodworks, as you can see, uh, gave them a shout out last week. I'm going to keep doing that because I think what he's doing is cool. It's a cool small business. I like wood burning stuff like, you know, people get creative with that shit. So uh, Maynard Woodworks, search him on Facebook. It's local to Warren, northwestern Pennsylvania. Um, I think he may be in New York, but I'm not positive. I can't remember exactly where he lives, but he's like he's a. Uh, Warren firefighter, great guy, and he makes some cool ass shit. So follow the page. You know, maybe he, he'll post something that uh, you guys might like. Uh, Memorial Weekend, just wanted to give a shout out to that. Uh, Sketty and I, I'd say, are both proud supporters of the military. And, uh, you know, we just want to take a moment for those who made the ultimate sacrifice uh, so we can do what we do. You know, every time you you think about something that you're doing, you know, it's it's because of that if you really dig deep into it i think i saw a post this weekend that was like there's over 600 they gave the exact amount i can't remember but 600 and some uh acres at arlington cemetery and that you know for a reason so everybody just take a moment to remember that when you're barbecuing and everything those who didn't make it home uh so just wanted to throw that out there but um so we'll get into asher a little bit because uh, Sketty, I mean, you kind of know the story. I was giving people brief yep. tidbits of what was happening via text message while we were uh, at the hospital. St. Vincent is where he was born, up in Erie. Um, it was it was uh, chaotic for a very brief time. Uh, I credit actually a little bit of my like police training and ability to, in an intense situation, just kind of take a deep breath, assess, and and you know make sound rash decisions uh so we scheduled it uh he was scheduled to be induced friday so we went in at 6 a.m uh he everything was going good devin was doing her thing you know uh the laboring began they started giving her the stuff that speeds it up she gets in the labor tub you know we had an awesome room huge room with a, a labor tub in it her bed i had like a pull-out couch and everything uh it was it was nice but um Asher had other plans. So uh, when they were checking a, a dilation, the doctor 
says uh, he's showing fingers, which I'm like, I don't, what, you know, what the hell does that mean? So basically, if you're watching the video, you're if you're listening to this later, you're not going to be able to see what I'm doing. But imagine he had his hand on his forehead or just covering, and it was his left, his left hand. So he had it on his forehead, just kind of covering his face. Uh, well, it got to the point where um, it was it we were it was too far ahead for them to be able to without Devin feeling anything crazy or anything like that. They they sometimes can sweep the hand back so that the head comes first. His arm was too far out for them to be able to do that, like on top of his head, like they, so they weren't able to do that. Well, then, you know, she chooses an epidural. The epidural uh, fails, essentially, didn't work. Uh, it did slow down the amount of time per contraction, but she didn't get the numbness that she was hoping for, you know? <laughs> so yeah. it was still, I mean, I the pain I could see in her eyes was like, it was heartbreaking because I could tell that she was, yeah. you know, really hurting and, and, uh, myself and we hired a doula. We were in the room doing our best to keep her calm and convince her that, you know, there's, it's going to end, it's going to end, it's going to end and all that. But she, uh, yeah. So they came back and they said, because of the hand being so far up on the face that the C, a C-section was the only way like that it could happen without possible injury to him coming out with his arm all weird or, obviously injury to Devin because he's making himself larger <laughs> by coming out that way. Right. So uh, the C-section happened. It was a crazy, crazy time. But that, so that was when I, when I mentioned the couple minutes of chaos, uh, when, when they were coming in and checking about this hand thing, there was like a doctor and like five nurses just surrounding Devin doing this shit. And Devin's in pain because of contractions and, and the nurses are kind of like, you could tell it was like a, a serious conversation that they're having about what, what are we going to, you know, what's the options? What options do we have? They're debating stuff. So I'm like, holy fuck. Like I needed a minute. So I just stepped into the bathroom. kind of took a deep breath, went back out, you know, in my head, it's always for this entire thing. And pro tip for when you're getting married, just agree do what the wife yeah. wants to do or future yeah. wife wants to do. She likes this color. You like that color. It's just easy. So that's my, that's my like line of thinking for this birth, whatever Devin is comfortable with or makes her most comfortable. That's what I'm cheering for. You know, that's, I got that. That's my thought as well. So uh, basically she chose uh, a spinal. It worked. Uh, they took her down there did that immediately came and got me. I was in the room. I, this is another thing that kind of blew my mind is how fast C-sections are like, dude. Okay. Yeah. It was like four minutes, five, maybe five tops. And I had no, no I had, you know, I knew to all this, so I don't know what the fuck's going yeah. on. So I go in and I had a plan. I had a couple stories that I was telling Devin, I was holding her hands and we had the curtain up, you know, I couldn't see anything. And I was just, she was completely focused on me. I told the stories that I wanted to tell her and it, it worked. So, uh, she was kind of like listening to me, listening to me. And then all of a sudden it was baby crying and they bring him around the curtain. We see him for about three seconds and then they take him off to clean them and stuff every, you know, do all that. But yep. no, it was, it, it was wild. But then like, you know, the last couple of days we, we were there 
well till today so i mean we were there all day saturday all day sunday and uh it was just crazy like you know he's in us or in our room with us the whole time and like he's got full head of hair which like i said a lot of people when you know when i brought him on you could see his hair a lot of people were like yeah whoa and i'm like no paternity i'm not pulling the trigger on a paternity test because i had a full head of hair also so no it's it's uh one thing i will add to those who will be in the future expecting or uh are planning on it one day you know not expecting soon but planning on it eventually what everybody's going to tell you because this is what everybody told me was that uh it's the greatest feeling you'll ever have when you, you know, you first see them and hold them and everything. So I, it's like, you can't describe it. So that's why I understand. That's why that's all that anybody would say is it's the greatest feeling. You ask them, well, what's the feeling like? Well, I, you know, I don't know. I can't really, you can't, yeah. you can't describe it. It's just something that you, when it happens, it's like, Holy fuck, this is awesome. Like, it's just really cool. So Super happy. Everybody's healthy yep. and, we're, and we're back. And we and we made it back in time to do a show tonight. Which is perfect. I think, Which is, I, listen to this story, I, I think that he's already got his nickname. I, whether he's right-handed or left-handed, he's going to be lefty to me for his whole life. Lefty. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm just going to call him lefty. So Asher's that's nickname it. from here on out is lefty. Lefty. He Well, he's, he brought it out himself. He, he so, made the decision crazy, before he came out of the womb. Crazy. Uh, other fact about this whole thing, my mom sent me my baby photo, which looks a lot like him, like full head of hair and everything. In my baby photo, my left hand is up by my face. Is it really? Yeah, that's. I'll wild. send it to. I'll I'll send it to you. I probably won't post it on the podcast page, but I'll send <laughs> yeah. it to you. So you, yeah, I'll text it to you. It's it's crazy. So yeah, it's just it's it's pretty wild. But uh, you know, that's that's pretty much yeah. the story. And now it's just uh. You know, I, I, I said, keep him, keeping him alive. It's kind of like my joke with it. Now we got to keep him alive. It's just a joke. Obviously yeah. people get, don't get yeah. all out of shape about it, but I did tell Devin that, uh, you know, in my line of work, I do run into some people that if they can keep a baby alive, I'm fucking confident as hell <laughs> in us that we're going to be yep. able to do it. So like it. good stuff though. It was a good weekend. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I Oh, the other thing. This was my other joke I was telling all weekend because sitting there, you know, obviously you have stuff to do. Like you, you're taking care of the baby a bunch, especially for me because Devin had a C-section. So she's down, you know, she's kind of, yep. she was with me in the room, but she couldn't get around all that well. So I was doing a lot of extra, which I didn't mind at all. Um, but there was some like downtime where you didn't have anything to do. So I found that I was kind of bored eating. Like we had a bunch of snacks and shit and they had a cafeteria I was hitting up all the time. And I just said, the joke I said all weekend to Devin is you came to the hospital with a belly and I'm going to leave with one. <laughs> all, all it was mowed down cafeteria food the whole time. I left a couple times, got us uh Papa John's. She wanted sushi. She couldn't have tuna during pregnancy. Yep. So she wanted oh. some tuna sushi, went and got her that, you know, doing, doing all the things. So it was good stuff. I'm happy. She's happy. Kids happy. Dog, dog met kid tonight. That good. went well. Yeah, yeah, good, it went good. well. He, you know, it's just like a quick sniff over. And then I got a pretty cool picture too of him. Like they're almost doing like a stare off because he's in this mm -hmm. like Mamaru thing and dogs on the floor and they're just kind of like 
staring at each other. It's pretty neat. Um, but yeah, all is well. With all the good news, uh, unfortunately, I have to shift to some bad news. I do want to say, Skeddy and I, thoughts with the community of Uvalde after the horrific uh, incident took place down there. We're going to get into the show now. I'll stop with the happy, you know, that stuff was, Asher stuff happy. Now we have to go to something, you know, a little bit sad. So, uh, well, very sad, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, thoughts are with them. I, I hope that, you know, some sort of resolution to everything, something that'll make everybody happy. I don't know what the answer to that is. Nobody seems to. Uh, everybody just wants to argue about what it should be and what it shouldn't be. And I'm so fucking tired of that that I don't even like have the energy to watch any of it or listen to anybody's opinions. Uh, if you yep. have them, keep them out of the comments. I'm not reading it. I don't care. I just, yep. uh, you know, everybody has their their thing that they have to say about it. And it, it the bottom line is that a lot of lives were lost. And, and uh, you know, there's a f- few things that took place. Uh, during this, you know, the 18 year old buying the gun, the school had a door unlocked. There's the police response. I haven't got into it yet, but I know that there's a lot of questions going about that. Um, and I, and again, like I said, it's just, I, I haven't had the energy to even read into it, but you know, my last couple weeks have been, I've had my own stuff going on and that's just what I've kind of stayed focused on. And, and it's a tragedy, but if you can take anything from me talking about it right now, just quit fucking arguing with everybody yeah. about it. And let's just, you know, until there's common ground met with everybody, it's, this is the way it's going to be. It's just yeah. a so, nation so, divided. Something's got to change. Yep. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is, but I can tell you arguing and doing nothing isn't working. You know, yeah. there's uh, something has and to of, happen. And, one of the things, one of the things I did want to mention that, uh, one of my coworkers put this post on Facebook and I, I found it to be really an intriguing thought that I hadn't put into my own mind. Again, I haven't read a lot about the police response. I just saw that it's being questioned uh, by a lot of people. So one of the things that he said was uh, that, you know, two years ago, everybody was uh, kind of bitching and moaning about the uh, militarization of police and and how they don't need to be doing that kind of stuff or looking like that or training is hard with firearms and all this other shit. And, uh, that, you know, they demonized the warrior mentality that police have. And now they're demonizing guys who didn't carry that warrior mentality to a response to an absolute tragedy. So it was kind of an intriguing thought to me because I was like, wow. Yeah. I mean, if you really think about that, that's, kind of exactly how it could well again i haven't looked at everything i yeah. my coworker who i'm mentioning he does he he's very into news and and that kind of stuff and and uh so i kind of trust his judgment on on what he's saying but and it, it is true though if you want if you want uh absolute like you know me responding fresh mind ready to go like telling me I shouldn't be that way all over the media and protesting that I shouldn't be that way. Isn't the way to get me to do that. You know, it's, it's just kind of, I don't know. It, again, like I said, it's just another aspect of thinking. It doesn't take away from anything, but arguing and everything just needs to quit. They need to just meet and come to conclusions yeah. that everybody agrees with. Yeah. I mean, I think the big thing for me is, is uh, a lot of the stuff these people are arguing about too. 
it's just surface level problems, you know, ban the guns or arm the teachers. Uh, it, to me, this is a big societal problem. Uh, uh, you know, wh where are we getting at that this, you know, we have people that think, hmm, I'm going to go shoot up a classroom full of entry, elementary uh, students. Like, it's just, there, there are big problems in this country. That's fine to do the little stuff to try and stop this, but, you know, we all just need to look at each other and say, what the hell is going wrong here? Cause there, there yeah. is. Why, why would anybody have wrong. to begin with? Exactly. Yep. That's, that's where I'm at. If, if we have people thinking that there, there's something wrong, you know, so yeah. surface quick fix I can kind of get with, but we got a deeper problem here that that really needs to be addressed and arguing about the simple fix. Isn't going to do anything. We, we got to take a long, hard look at this thing and do better. Agree. All right, let's move on to, uh, you know, our regular scheduled stuff we do. You know, that's we had yep. two two topics there, kid born, uh, you know, tragedy. So those are kind of off the cuff stuff. You know, things happen. We'll talk about it. It's, I understand yep. it's a sports show, but we we're human. Uh, local shout outs. So we have a, a decent sized list here I want to throw out there. Uh, first, we want to say good luck to Eden Christian Baseball Academy, cousin Jared, who I discussed last yep. week, uh, who's on an absolute tear on the mound and hitting. Uh, they are in the Whippeal Championship this Wednesday at 1.30. Uh, they play, fuck, I forgot to write it in my notes. I think it was Union, but I can't remember. But I do know that uh, his father <coughs> informed me that it is the alma mater of my grandpa and a uh, few other of my relatives, like all of my my grandpa, uh, grandpa's brothers. So it's pretty neat that he, you know, he's actually pitching against a, a school that has some meaning to my family. Uh, yeah. Just wanted to give them a good luck, you know, Whippeal championship. Hopefully they get it done. I'm sure he'll be on the mound because he's had a considerable amount of rest now. I think it, it's been a, it'll be, well, they played last, last Monday. Monday. Yeah, yeah. 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 Last Monday was their last playoff game. So yeah, they're going to be, uh, he's on great rest, so I would assume he'll be pitching again. Uh, give another shout-out to – this is a recurring local shout-out, Ty Bryan. We talked about little Ty pitching uh, Little League. Had a previous strikeout streak of 23 in a row on the mound. It got broke. He now has a new streak going of 24. It's pretty good. <laughs> got to be some sort good. of record for Little League strikeouts. I can't imagine it's not, but – uh, next local shout out Eisenhower senior Kale Black recently presented with the Paul Klo wrestling scholarship presented to the outstanding senior wrestler in Warren County. Paul Klo was the head wrestling coach at Youngsville and the assistant at Sheffield before his passing uh, this year, his sudden, sudden passing this, yep. this year. So uh, Colin Klo, his son read his announcement. Uh, I kind of wish I would have been there in person because reading it is heartfelt. Uh, so I would imagine it was a really, really good uh, announcement that he did. But uh, I did get the quote from uh, this st story is from, pulled from your daily local uh, quote. Him and my mom had me. This is Colin Clover reading. Like I said, quote, him and my mom had me when he was only 21 years old because he wanted a son to wrestle with before he was too old and hurting. Colin said. As a coach, he was great. He told kids the wrestling season never stops and that if you're just sitting around at home, your opponent is getting better. If you had a, if you had a goal you told him about, he was going to do everything in his power to make sure you got there as long as you're willing to do whatever it takes. 
So it was pretty neat and uh, interesting take from uh, Coach Klo is that if you're sitting around at home, your opponent is getting better. Let's revert back to last week with Carter Starachi's interview where he like gave up summer holidays <laughs> so that he could, yeah, you know, just yeah. be the best at his craft. So clearly he, you know, Coach Klo was right. Uh, but congrats to Kale. Kale is continuing his career at Lockhaven, so he'll be doing some D1 wrestling too. Uh, next shout out, Sheffield high jumper Emily Foster took her second trip to States in two years. So that's freshman, sophomore years, both making it to States in the high jump. Uh, she was the only county track athlete to make PIAAs this year. So shout out Emily Foster. Next shout out, this is my probably my favorite one. No offense to everybody else who I've mentioned. Uh, Ryan Arnold. No, did you? Ryan Arnold gets I a local shout out for his coveted achievement of making three outs in one inning. Three outs, slope Sunday slow pitch softball league. Ryan Arnold made all three outs for his team in one inning. Now, with that said, fantastic inning for their team. Yeah, absolutely had to be. Yeah, that's a shitload of runs. Uh, yeah, but reports from my uh, my. Sunday slow pitch insider. They indicate that the first out was a, an L five followed by an F seven and then an F eight and further reports indicate that once he got the second out, the team in the field was kind of like, let's try and get back around to him (laughs) and, and see if we can make this happen. So, uh, great, great job, Arnie. Uh, you're a cornerstone snake, and if you weren't, I'd be hammering you a lot harder than I am. But since you are my flag football <laughs> teammate, I have to take it easy on you. But what? Wow, well done. Uh, last local shout out I posted on the Facebook page about. I just wanted to remind people: Warren Area High School Grid Club Golf Scramble proceeds benefit Warren Football. It's Saturday, June 18th this year, June 18th, 9 a.m. Shotgun start at Blueberry. Uh, Hills Golf Course. You can register via email if you send Cody Bupp an email. I'm going to spell it out for everybody here. CRB5270 at gmail.com. Be a great cause. Obviously, Warren Football, you know, uh, all proceeds, like I said, go to Warren Football. So if you're able to get a, get a squad together, get a foursome together, go go get yourself into the scramble. I believe it's 80 bucks a person, obviously $5 skins. Uh for the team, $20 for the team, extra five out of your pocket, but you get the whole deal. You know, you get the hot dog at the turn beverages, snacks, refreshments, chicken, barbecue, chicken dinner afterwards. So hop in there if you're able to. All right. That's it for local shout outs. We're going to try into this new segment, new, not new segment, but new piece, new portion. What do you, I don't even know what you fucking call it, but, uh, So basically how it's going to go is we're going to name two things and it doesn't have to be sports related. It's going to be whatever's happening in the world. You know, it could primarily sports, but there could be some other stuff. Uh, What's buzzing or what's got you buzzing? What your good buzz and what's killing your buzz. So something that's cool that's happening. We're going to name two or one a piece, something good that's happening and something that's killing your buzz. So Sketty, we'll start with you. What are you buzzing on? What's what's a good buzz you got right now? 
Well, my good buzz this week is going to be I got the go-ahead to play in Conowango member guest. Uh, I played it at one time before with Craig Bennett. That was a couple of years back anyway. I uh, haven't participated in the tournament for a couple of years and got the okay from the old man. So uh, me and my little brother are going to play that. So I'm, I'm pretty pretty pumped about that. You and Andrew? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sweet, we'll see if we, That's good stuff. We, we might – we might be in a fight before the end of the first day, but you know, it'll, it'll work That's out. Right. That's all right. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard of that happening before, not between <laughs> YouTube necessarily, but between a member and their guest, and, and uh, yeah, some like hell breaking loose because of that. Um, That's awesome. I love hearing yeah, that no, I'm, I'm, because I'm, I will be there. Kyle, Kyle Gray is my partner in that we played in it last year. We're doing it again this year. So yeah, member guest is a good time. Um, yeah. And, yep. Yeah, yeah, that'll be yeah, good shit. Okay, so what's killing your buzz? Uh, actually, I just saw this today. What's killing my buzz is seeing that uh, what was it, the Iowa girls? I think it was a state championship. Did you look Didn't at this yet? Okay, not. so I think Klosmo tagged us in it. Uh, there's a pin placement on 18 that was just the most ridiculous pin placement I've ever seen. This is a girls, again, I think it was a state tournament. It was some level of Iowa girls golf. Uh, this pin placement was just ridiculous. There were girls that were like putting up to it, hit it a couple inches short, all the way back off the front of the green. Like it was something nastier than I've ever seen at Conowango. Um, it reminded me of one in the steeplechase a couple years ago when you just couldn't get it close. Uh, I think they said the average score today was a quadruple bogey. Eight uh was the average score. <laughs> Or eight or nine, whatever. That was the average score for the whole tournament. So, yeah, it was just absolutely ridiculous. I can't stand that stuff. Like, come on, Greenskeeper, do better. Like, that's there. there's no reason for that. Like, they, I think the one guy said he saw multiple 10 putts. One of the reporters wow. covering it. 10 putts. So this was this was a dickhead uh, groundskeeper move or what? Yeah, it looks like this green just kind of has like the false front kind of like uh, – you know, one at the country club or um, I believe it's five or six at cable, the par five that just like yeah, yeah, falls yeah, yeah, off to yeah. nothing. Like, so yeah. like, it'd be like that, but then putting the the pin like in the middle of that green where you just have no chance. If you're below the hole, you can't putt up because it's coming back to you. If you're above the hole, you better hit it or it's going the whole way off. Like it was right. just a, so you, it was wild. Highly recommend looking the video up. So you got to either can the putt or you're fucked. Yes, basically, yeah. If you don't hit it in the center of the of the hole, you're not going to be close. Yeah, all right. And one well, girl is actually yeah. funny. The first girl I saw in the video, she's probably three or four feet above the hole, hits her putt, watches it hit the lip, and immediately just is throwing her hands up, knowing that it was toast. And yeah, just all the way, all the I way down. Watch the video. The I did see he tagged oh, us in something, bad. but I didn't get to watch it yet. So I will do that. Yeah, it's it. Uh, it was uh, yeah. That's just that kills my buzz seeing that because that's just that's not bad golf. That's just for sure bad course setup. All right, uh, what I'm buzzing on is, hands down, the nursing staff at St. Vincent, who was absolutely amazing for the three days we stayed there, three and a half days, whatever it ended up being. Uh, they were they were great. I mean, they loved Asher, of course. How can you not? Again, yep. biased, but how can you not? Um, but... <laughs> No, they they were just fantastic. I mean, and not even just the nurses. They they have security on each floor. So when I'm coming in, uh, you know, I had to talk to uh, the security guard every time. 
this guy named DJ, uh, he was, he was really awesome. Uh, older dude. And I, I kept bringing snacks out for him. Cause I was like, man, that's a long shift. You just sit there. I don't know what kind of relief you get, but he was there every time I went out. So I took him some snacks. I asked him if he golfed, I hooked him up with a, a podcast golf towel. So nice. no, he, yeah, he was really cool. Uh, the nurses, we had, uh, two, two in particular who were just wonderful was, uh, Anna and Kelly. They were, Kelly was in labor and delivery. And then when we shifted over to postpartum, then that's when uh, we had Anna a couple days and she was just great, but it was just funny. Cause like at, by the end of it, like they were all like, we don't want you guys to go. And we were like, well, we had such a good time. We were thinking about booking a stay for next weekend. Uh, if nobody, <laughs> if you have availability, uh, we'll be back because it was, it was just cool having them, you know, there and, and access to them anytime we had a question, anything like that. So that's what I'm buzzing on. Uh, my buzz kill is rest in peace, sleep. I understand fully now what uh, that's about because, you know, we're feeding him every three hours or so, you know, he, he wakes up in the middle, of, like he slept the whole ride home. So he's going to be up now for who, who the hell knows oh, yeah. how long, but usually though, he's like, uh, he's kind of like getting food drunk. So okay. as soon as he eats, he's usually like, that's curtains for him for a little while. So I, I just now understand that my life will consist in, uh, of like consecutive naps. Like there won't be just <laughs> like, it's not just like, yeah. Hey, I'm going to bed. It's like, Hey, he's sleeping. I'm going to try and catch a couple hours. So, but I'm cool with it. I'm, I mean, I don't sleep much as this, so it's, it's going to work out for me. It's just weird, but yeah. Yeah. So that's my buzzkill is uh sleep RIP. Nice knowing you at least for a while, you know, until he gets a little older, but for the time being. So, all right, we're going to move on. Just have a couple things to touch on. This stuff isn't even going to take long. Uh, NBA finals starting up Celtics warriors. I like the matchup because two, yeah. two kind of, I mean, the warriors haven't been in it in a couple years anyways. Right. Uh, Celtics are back. So it's, it's cool. I, I like the, I like the, and it's like coast to coast for sure. There's some serious travel. Um, oh, for sure. Yep. I don't really have uh like, I don't care who wins. I don't think I do either. Like, I don't mind Steph Curry. I like Jason Tatum. Like, like I'd like to see the Celtics do it just because it seems like, you know, they've been close for a couple years now and just could never get over the hump. So, yeah, that'd be, yeah. That'd be awesome to watch them do it. But, you know, I also think yeah. that it'd be wa- nice to watch Steph get, I think it'd be his fourth ring. So, you know, he'd have as many yeah, rings good. as LeBron then, and I'd love to see that. I'm good with it either way. Yeah. I, yep. I, now that you said that, I'm kind of leaning that way. <laughs> just because yeah. you know fuck lebron but yeah uh, yep. all right next up i do i just have one quick thing about this college softball world series so uh laid up in the old hospital room you know this week i we got to you know flipping through channels devin played college softball at baron so we were watching we you know she's like i like watching this every once in a while so we kept it on it was uh northwestern versus arizona state northwestern punched the ticket to the world series uh, in this regional match, it was a regional final or whatever they call it. Uh, yeah, Arizona State was up like five nothing in like the third or fourth inning and ended up losing eight <laughs> five. Got rough, get choked rough. at the end. But uh, why I'm mentioning this though, all eyes in this tournament, like there's a team with a major, major target on their back, and that is the Oklahoma Sooners. Have you have you heard about this at all? What they're what they've I, I done this year? I saw briefly. I I don't I don't remember, but I I saw briefly. So, 
They've outscored their opponents this season 500 to 47 and have run ruled run ruled their opponent in 37 of 54 games. Pretty good. Holy pretty, fuck. Pretty good. Like, yeah. I, I, so like I'm kind of like interested to watch this because I want to see uh you know it'd be cool to see them get knocked off because that's an insane run they're yeah. on right now. But yeah, so it'd be kind of neat. I don't know. I'm gonna I might actually chime in on this a little bit more, look to see when the games are and maybe watch a little bit. I'm off work for a while, being a dad yeah. and all. So uh I you know, I have some TV time. I might be able to catch some of these games. Last thing, this could probably be in the things that sting, but I just wanted to throw it in here anyways. Uh Jock Peterson, Tommy Pham. This is one of the stupidest things I've ever even heard of in my entire life. Uh, so they're in a fantasy football league together. Uh, Jock pulls a move or something that Tommy didn't like. They're kind of jabbering in the in the group chat. Credit Jock Peterson in this, though, because Tommy Pham comes out and says, he said some things that were disrespectful, and I needed to, you know, make it right. So leaving the door open for the media to think what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Racist. Racism. Of course. So Jacques Peterson's like, fuck that, Tommy. Here's the group text and just shows the media the entire conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And and basically what happened is Jacques Peterson. This is when Tommy Pham played for the Padres and Jacques Peterson's like made a jab at the Padres. And Tommy was basically like, hey, me and you aren't buddy buddy enough for you to be talking that kind of shit to me and jock's just kind of like well it's and he even said like it shows in the text he's like dude it's a joke like fucking calm down and yeah so i'm i hate jock peterson like i really don't like that guy but i'm team jock (laughs) and he got smacked tommy fam is will smith like you're will smith yeah jock peterson's chris rock congratulations you look like a fucking moron and Jock Peterson now is like going to be liked by a lot more people. Maybe even me. I don't know yet. But I, you know, I just uh, you, you got any other thoughts on that whole situation? Well, didn't someone say it was something about like uh, Jeff Wilson? Being, is that what it was? <laughs> Over Jeff Wilson, your boy. Unfreaking. Well, you know, I mean, guy's a stud, but. You know, well, it was like an IR spot or something, I think, is what I read. Like, who the hell is arguing stuck. about the use of the IR spot? Right. Come yeah, he, he he put Jeff Wilson on it because he was listed out for the week, and Tommy Pham got all <laughs> fucked off about it. Yeah, I, if, well, like most leagues, you can't put them in the IR spot if they're, like, they're not eligible. You can't just use it. Like, like oh, man, ESPN I mean, I, doesn't yeah, let you. Put, league, yeah. Maybe in that league you can. I don't know. But, yeah, I don't, yeah it was I, weird. I, yeah. Unbelievable. Yep. All right. Hey, that's it for opening buzz. We're going to get cruising. I got a kid to take care of. So we're cruising through the show because I got to go be a dad. Uh, Opening segment, the buzz brought to you by Bush Light. Farmer's cans now available. Each case you purchase, a dollar gets donated to Farm Rescue uh, with John Deere matching that end amount. uh, Hooking up Farm Rescue. We need our farmers now more than ever. Diesel, gas prices, farmers need them. Bye, Bushlight. It's good. We'll be back with uh, this week in sports history. Whenever you crack open a Bushlight, 
the mountain starts singing. It's cold and it's smooth and it's waiting for you. What is going on? Hit it, giant Kenny Jean. So smooth. And for the mountains of bush, like Hi, this is Brian Hagberg, and I wanted to take a moment and tell you about our new website, yourdailylocal.com. Your Daily Local is your new home for news, sports, and events in Warren County and beyond. Our goal is to cover the people, places, events, and happenings that matter to you in a variety of ways, including writing, video, and audio. And the best part? All of our content is available for free. Head to yourdailylocal.com to get the news you need when you need it. Let's take a look back at this week in sports history. This week in sports history is brought to you by Your Daily Local. Visit yourdailylocal.com for the news you need when you need it. Five Fast Facts, Asher's Birthday Edition, May 27th. That's where we're at. Uh, So... May 27th, sports history. Let's start with number one, 1904. I also noted this, 1904, 118 years before Asher. <laughs> the New York New York Giants first baseman, Dan McGann, 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 Dan McGann, Dan McGann, collects MLB, name. yeah, it is, uh, collects MLB record five stolen bases in a 3-1 win over the Brooklyn Superbaz. At polo at the polo grounds in New York City. So the only reason I put this on here because I thought this was cool. 1904, that record set it upheld until 1991 when it was broke by Otis Nixon. So that's a hell of a run. It's like about 80, 87 year record he held. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, that's good. Number two, 1968, 54 years before Asher, George Hallis retires from coaching, finishing with 318 regular season wins and six championships so gh uh gsh on the bears logo or bears jersey a lot of people don't know this I'm, I'm, if you're not a bears fan they might not know it uh but that's what that gsh stands for is uh george s hallis so he was the uh player coach for the bears before eventually becoming an owner so that's pretty cool uh number three 1981 41 years before asher lenny randell tries to blow a slow roller foul, but the umpire says, no, you can't do that. So everybody's seen that clip before ball rolling down the third baseline and he's blowing on it, trying to get it to. Yeah. I don't understand why that's that shouldn't be a crime. Nope. 1982, 40 years before Asher new owners headed by John McCullen by NHL's Colorado Rockies and moved the team to the New Jersey Meadowlands under the new name, New Jersey Devils. Uh, always, I, I always think that that's kind of neat. The old hockey team was the uh, Colorado Rockies. Once they moved, they brought the Rockies back, but in a different league, Major League Baseball, I think that that's neat. So 
Uh, last one, 1997, 25 years before Asher. Major League revenue sharing begins, and the New York Yankees pay out the most at $28 million. <laughs> That's not a jab at the Yankees. I can't do that. Everybody it's, knows. That's just a fact. Uh, just a fact that I'm putting out there. So uh, that's it for this week in sports history. This week in sports history is brought to you by Your Daily Local. Visit Your Daily Local for the news you need when you need it. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with Sketty on. Hey there, everyone. This is Phil with JP Photography. I know, I know. A photography ad on a sports show? I get it. You're here for sports talk and listening to Joe and Sketty's insane rambling. Wait, what? But bear with me for a few. I just want to tell you that JP Photography not only offers wedding photography, but also does events, engagements, headshots, family photos, and even some product photography. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for JP Photography or go directly to our website at johnphilphotography.com. That's J-O-N-P-H-I-L photography.com. He's absolute trash. Skeddy on. Let's have a listen to what Skeddy is on this week. Zero percent chance that works. Have at it, kid. Okay. Well, well, well for those of you who tell everybody, yeah, tell everybody what you're on because I got to get your yeah. music ready. Okay. Well, this week we're going to cover the uh, Grant Cohn versus J- uh, Javon Kinlaw. Little beef going on in the. And the uh, Niners, I don't know if you'd say locker room, on field, whatever. So Grant Cohn, reporter on the 49ers, or for the 49ers, apparently has been, like, trashing some of the team. Uh, In particular, he said something to the effect of Javon Kinlaw has an 80-year-old knee and they shouldn't have drafted him. They should have drafted uh, Tristan Wirfs instead. So apparently something happened at practice last week where Kinlaw confronts Cohn Cone later puts it up on his Twitter feed. He says, oh, yeah, you know, Kinlaw got my face, blah, blah, blah. So he's on Twitter Live or something live, and Javon Kinlaw's on with him. And Kinlaw is just, like, saying the most just, I mean, it was just horrible shit. I think he just kept saying, my balls is bigger than your balls and something else. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, he was just, like, going in on him. Um, and I was kind of like, well, that's probably not a good look from, you know, your third year guy that hasn't played a lot of football because he's been hurt. Uh, but apparently, uh, like Eric Armstead, George Kittle, even a couple other 49ers basically said that this guy is just a piece of garbage. Um, what really set him off is Grant Cohn. After all this happens, he says something to the effect of, yeah, I wish Kinlaw would have hit me on the field. Cause all I thought was if he hits me, I'm going to get to retire because of Javon Kinlaw, like, so he's basically saying he would sue him, take his money, and then never work again, which so that seemed to really piss the players off. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, he was going to do the move where, you know, I'm going to sue you because you hit me. Yeah, and yeah, just, yeah. yeah, so just all-time bitch move. Um, but, yeah, all the Niners players back Kinlaw up on this. I guess they did have a meeting in uh, John Lynch's office where they had to shake hands, and then Cone said that they squashed the beef, and to which Kinlaw said, we didn't squash any beef. I did that for the organization. You're still a piece of shit. Um, so I don't know if there's any more trouble there, but uh, just goes to show, you know, these guys are, you know, athletes are humans too. You know, if you're going to report for us to sit here and talk about it, we're not uh, official reporters. 
if you're going to be an official reporter in that locker room, it's probably not the best idea to be treating the athletes you're covering right. yeah. like garbage like that. Um, yeah. You know, so I just thought scumbag There's... move, and then a scumbag, scumbag thing to say that, like, because he tried to act like he was tough. And I think Ken Law said something about that, too. Like, I went over there. I guess he knocked his hat off of him or something like that. Ken Law, like, kind of got in his face, and he just stood there. Um, so, yeah, I just – I watched the the video. I suggest anyone out there watch it if you get a chance. Like, guy's just a scumbag, um, and and it's just sad to see that you have reporters like this. Like, you know, you, we all know that Kinlaw's hurt, and I'm on record as saying, you know, I wanted them to draft uh, Tristan Wirfs instead of Kinlaw at that point because like we needed line help. Um, but you know, to, to say he's got an 80 year old knee and stuff like that, that's just low blows. And apparently he's been doing it to other guys on the team too. It just like the Niners need to get this guy and say, nah, dude, your, your, your locker room access is cut off. You're out of here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so here's, I got a couple thoughts on this. First of all, I think there's some of it might be a little bit of like truth hurts stuff that Ken Law yep. might be hearing, you know? Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Okay, but like you said, and I and this is something I learned just being, uh, you know, in sports media at UT Chattanooga for the short time I was there, less than a year doing my internship. Uh, there's like a a known etiquette for behavior of professional sports journalists, especially ones who are beat writers, like assigned to a specific team. Like you can't, yeah, you, you're, yeah. <laughs> what, what kind of info do you, inside info or anything like that, do you think you're going to get by just slinging mud and talking shit all the time on, on the guys who you're reporting on? I mean, I, unless he hates the Niners and like that's his first gig and he was just like, ah, fuck it. Like I'll take it because it's a job, but I really don't like the Niners. Maybe that's his ploy and he just wants out, but it's not a great look to get you somewhere else if that's the case. Cause now you look like, like, it's like, you're exactly, basically doing, yeah. to, you're, you're basically doing to yourself what the Browns did to Baker. You made yourself, <laughs> made yourself untradeable. Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, that's, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. Definitely some etiquette that needs to be followed. Like you said, we're just amateur little podcast. Yeah. So that nobody, you know, very, we're not, you know, people around the world do yeah. not care about us. They don't even know about yeah. us. So we can yeah. sit here and talk all the shit we want. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. We yep, can do exactly. That. Like we're done. Because we're, and we're, yeah, and like, we're not, we, we have no loyalty to any sp one particular team. I mean, I'll, if you hear me say something about bad about the bills, then clearly something really bad happened because that doesn't, right. I don't, I don't do that. Uh, yeah. Just like you, you with the Niners, you know, we have our, we're biased. It's, it's, what oh, it yeah. is, but try to be realistic once in a while but it doesn't really pan out all that well but yeah i'm i'm with you uh the that guy i mean did he get any sort of is there any rebuttal coming his way or i didn't see anything other than like i said lynch made him Who sit down shake i don't know I'm, i didn't look that up um it might have said in the article. I, I just, you know, again, kind of caught it and was like, yeah, what the I'm heck? Just, I can't what is I'm this? just kind of curious who he, yeah, I'm curious as to like who is it like the San Francisco newspaper or uh, media outlet yeah. in San Francisco? Is it a league wide publication and he's just assigned, excuse me, to the Niners? Like, yeah, we got to, we got to look into that. It, it I'm guessing, 
I'm not really sure because it, to me, if Lynch is making him sit down and shake hands, like it feels like he's got to be a little bit closer uh, to the organization. Uh, yeah, maybe he's with it. Maybe he's actually hired, you know, works for San Francisco. Like Buffalo has, you know, Chris Brown, Steve Tasker. They have their own slew of uh, their yeah. own media people. So maybe he's yep. like that for the Niners. I don't know. We'll look into that. Uh, I know we'll have a new Skeddy on next week, but we're going to require some follow-up on on this. Yeah, yep, I'll, I'll dip into that a little bit more. But, yeah, it was. I knew it was bad at first. I kind of thought Kinlaw was going to be the bad guy in this. But then when I saw Armstead come out, Kittle well, comes out especially. George like, Kittle, I trust his judgment. Yeah, and, and especially after that guy said that, like, Kittle, I can't remember his exact quote, but he was something about, like, how are we letting this scumbag in a locker room who's trying to bait players into fighting them so he doesn't have to work right. anymore? Like, yeah, what, what kind of dirt bag is that? Like, I'm just surprised it didn't seem like the reporter was getting enough blowback from what I've yeah. read. Agree. Like, you know, if I if that's my organization, I'd be like, no, dude, you're done. You get get out of here. <laughs> like, you can't say something like that. <laughs> like, but all right, you all good? We'll look it up. Is that, is We're that good. Everything. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll get back, uh, like I said, just five stories and the things that sting. Then we're going to get John Shusky in here, talk college golf, transfer portal, NIL, uh, and Memorial Day. He's a veteran. I'd yeah. like to hear you know his thoughts on that. So we'll get into all that here shortly. Uh, quick break. Be right back. Jones Pest Control, your hometown pest control company, servicing residential and commercial properties in Warren and surrounding areas since 2015. Sean and his crew will work tirelessly to keep your home or business free of insects to rodents and everything in between. Contact Jones Pest Control at 814-230-9548 and set up an appointment today. And remember, ants, spiders, bees, or mice, don't think twice. Call Jones Pest Control, 814-230-9548. Checkout means sales and services with two locations on Warren's east side. Their garage at 800 Lexington Avenue not only services cars sold by means, but has knowledgeable staff and modern state-of-the-art equipment waiting to serve their hometown of Warren. Whatever you need, including alignment, tires, brakes, yearly or enhanced PA inspections, oil changes, and much more. Make your appointment today at 814 723 It's now time for the things that sting. The worst stories in sports, according to Joe. This edition of Things That Sting, powered by Jones Pest Control. Ant spiders, bees, or mice don't think twice. Call Jones Pest Control at 814-230-9548. All right, so, like I said, no rundown, just five stories. Two of them were actually going backwards, talking about uh, some older cases or incidents that we had discussed in the past. First one, this one's huge too. Uh, Isai Toot. So if you guys remember, if you've been uh, following along since I don't remember when this happened, it's been so long since this happened. Long I'm not time. Sure. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, but Isai Toot, the early entry into Virginia Tech uh, football linebacker, 
uh, was charged for uh, beating the beating death of Jerry Paul Smith. Uh, three day trial takes place. So to to give you more detail again, if you haven't heard of this before, uh, Isai Toot was essentially catfished uh, by a male who was posing as a female to the degree of even dressing up as a female. So uh, cross dresser. Apparently, he was um, openly gay, male, not trans or uh, whatever you know the the laundry list of things that you can that people are now um he was not or uh so he he gets he meets with jerry paul smith who is posing as it's in my notes let me find it uh angie renee on tinder so he sees angie renee on tinder it's actually jerry paul smith dressed as a female uh, they meet. It's dark. He can't tell. It's a dude. Uh, gets oral sex. Leaves. They, uh, uh, after a second encounter, the second, what happens with the second encounter is that uh, Angie Renee then hits up uh, Etoot's roommates. And that's when they're like, wait a minute, something, you know, isn't passing the smell test here. They go confront or he goes and confronts Angie Renee, finds out it's not Angie Renee, it's Jerry Paul Smith, and uh, essentially beats him to death. But there's some details that came out in the trial that I was unaware of uh, as to why, you know, because it, it was kind of a cut and dry, <laughs> seemed kind of cut and dry at face value. Yeah. But this is why we wait, right? This is why we wait for facts to come out because then you hear things differently. Uh, you're here, you know, things that could sway your decision one way or the other. Um, the, so the three day trial in Montgomery County, Virginia, second degree murder case drew widespread attention last year because of the unusual circumstances, which I just explained, uh, a college athlete who admitted fatally beating an openly gay man who posed as a woman on Tinder to initiate a sexual encounter. Uh, E-Toot's attorneys argued the beating was self-defense in a confrontation between the two in which the man's true identity was revealed. Uh, when the verdict was read, to the courtroom, Etoot's father, David, collapsed in his seat while his wife, uh, Nichelle, sobbed. Etoot lifted his defense attorney, Jimmy Turk, off the ground in a bear hug and both with both of them crying. Uh, Smith's family quickly left the courtroom, of course. Uh, so basically what came out in testimony is that they connected on Tinder, a dating app, weeks earlier after Smith, who identified as an openly, openly gay man, presenting himself online as 21-year-old emergency room physician, Angie Renee. Uh, Turk contrasted his client with the victim in stark terms on Friday, in which he referred to Smith as a deceitful and dishonest man who defrauded young men for his own sexual gratification. Uh, Turk implored the jury, who is the real victim here? Uh, so Turk spent much of his closing statement arguing that Etoot, who testified on his own behalf, which I didn't know that, that's super interesting to me because that that rarely happens in especially in a murder yeah. trial. Uh, he testifies on his own behalf, but he acted in self-defense after Smith swung at him and reached under his mattress. So this is the part I didn't know about the reaching under the mattress. Well, during the search warrant by police, a knife was hit, you know, a murder scene search warrant. They get, you know, they still obtain those just to make sure everything's kind of safe. Uh, as far as the courts go, 
But while searching the bedroom, police found a knife hidden between the mattress and the box spring in a spot where he too alleged that the attack took place. So he was reaching for something. So that, you know, starts swaying the jury's mind a little bit. Uh, Etude also testified that he felt violated and said of discovering, uh, he said of discovering Smith's identity. He was just, he said, quote, I was just in shock and disbelief that someone tricked me and lied to me. So the, uh, I haven't, dug too deep into this yet but i probably will in the future because there was a lot of uh you know gay rights uh lgbtq uh organizations who yep. were heavily invested into this trial and uh i'm curious to see you know the i'm sure the, the displeasure that they're going to uh display based off of the jury's decision but uh you know, the part that really stuck out to me in in uh, what Jimmy Turk, the attorney, said is that he defrauded young men for his own sexual gratification. And it's absolutely true. Uh, yeah. The, but then you have on the flip side, the organizations who were uh, backing Jerry Paul Smith saying he doesn't know an explanation to anybody. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry. I disagree. <laughs> I, I think that. Yeah. When it comes to things like that, uh, there needs to be an open line of communication. And uh, if there's not, um, then you are tricking somebody into believing Correct. You know, that you're something you're not. So, uh, yeah. So, Isai Toot found not guilty. Uh, his bondsman cut his ankle bracelet on off, or off as soon as they left the courtroom. And, and uh, he is now a free man. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, interesting how that, but I, like I said, I think there will be more to play out with that in the future, not necessarily with him, but with uh, rebuttal from or backlash from organizations. So we'll keep an eye on that if there's anything noteworthy that takes place. Uh, the second story that we're going backwards on, uh, Dwayne Haskins, obviously the tragic death uh, that incurred with, with him uh, being struck by a vehicle on the highway. So his talks uh, screen and medical report came back. Two separate samples of his BAC came back as a two point uh, a 0.20 and a 0.24. So that's smoked. Heavily intoxicated. Also found in his system was ketamine and norketamine. Uh, so what also was found to be in the medical examiner's report was that uh, some of the details of what took place leading up to the events, which I hadn't seen these yet. He had dinner and went possibly went to a club with a friend or cousin. They didn't, they couldn't specify which uh, named Joey. Uh, at, they drank heavily and at some point got into a fight and separated when went, went their own ways. Uh, the female was sat, found inside the vehicle that he had left uh, unknown what their relationship was. As far as this report went, uh, what else was in the report, which I didn't know. Uh, he was actually struck by a second vehicle too. the 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 dump truck semi truck thing that uh, hit him first and a second vehicle that was behind that truck uh, did maneuver to attempt to get out of the way but did uh, strike him on the undercarriage so uh, blunt force trauma obviously the cause of death listed but horrible uh but yeah, that's so there's some just some more details that came out in that that I thought I would mention. Uh, today, Jeff Gladney 
current Arizona Cardinal, former Minnesota Viking. Uh, he was a 2020 first round pick. Uh, according to reports, 24, 25-year-old died in a car accident early Monday morning in Dallas. This was confirmed by his agent. It took place at 2.30 a.m. in the westbound lanes of Woodall Rogers Freeway at Allen Street in Dallas. Uh, the cause is still under investigation. However, it was noted that a female passenger died in the crash as well. So two fatalities uh, in the crash. Super unfortunate. Uh, Gladney, if you remember, has been on things that sting before. He had a fantastic rookie season, but was released after a indictment on a felony assault charge that he was later found not guilty at in a jury trial. So he was cleared of that charge, um, looking to you know revamp and restart with the Cardinals. Uh, so it's terrible. TCU grad. He was he was a good good player. So unfortunate. So we'll uh, wait. I'm sure by next week we'll probably have some more uh, details on what took place there. Uh, number four out of five that we have here is the John Gruden lawsuit. Uh, a Nevada judge denies the NFL's motion to dismiss the Gruden lawsuit, opening the possibility of a jury trial on his. Uh, tortious interference claim that the NFL and commissioner Roger Goodell selectively leaked Gruden's emails to force his removal on October 11th. Judge Nancy Ulf denied the NFL's motion to compel arbitration as well as the league's motion to dismiss the case outright. The suit will now go on to a trial unless a settlement is reached. Uh, Ulf gave no timeline on that though. Uh, gave no timeline for the next when the next proceeding would be. But one of the interesting things too, the NFL obviously says they will appeal, but the motion to compel arbitration, guess who the arbitrator would be in that hearing? Who? Roger Goodell. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. what they, that's, that's one of the motions that they pushed for here is that no, 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 you, we won't do this in a civil court. We're going to do it in an NFL court, essentially. And yeah, I'll be yeah. the judge. Yeah. And this yeah. Uh, judge in Nevada yeah. was like, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Typ typical so. Goodell. Yeah. So that was one of the uh, concerns that Nancy off judge Nancy off expressed is that she's like, Whoa, uh, no, we're going to do that on we're, trial. Yeah. 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 You're, yeah, exactly. You're part of the fucking lawsuit. Yeah. You can't oversee it. Yeah. It's so stupid that I mean that, like low key just kind of tells you how fucking power hungry that dude is. T typical, typical NFL. Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, last one before we move on to my hive, Brendan Langley uh, and the airport brawl. There's a lot of videos that surfaced of, or well, one video, but it surfaced on a lot of publications of uh, Brendan Langley, the current Calgary Stampeder, former Denver Bronco. Uh, getting into a fight with a United Airlines employee. Uh, the video, man, I don't know. So Langley's the only one. Langley gets charged. He's the only one arrested. But and the yeah. and the video, but the video starts after something had already taken place. Yeah. So I think that's where the witnesses are coming in and saying, "Wait a minute, that's my that's my only guess." Because if you watch the video. It looks like the fucking United employee is the one who start like doing the, you know, initiating physical contact. Well, the video I saw, uh, Langley like punches him and like he doesn't go down or like push whatever he did. <laughs> but then, yeah, then the airport guy, like he could have stopped. 
right then and there, it could have been done as it was. And then I would have said, yeah. okay, Langley's in trouble. He put his hands on him. Then the airport guy's like, all right, I'm a little stunned. I'm going to just go throw the world's shittiest punch at this guy. Yeah. And throws the punch at him. And then even then, Langley's like not hurt. He just kind of looks around like, are you fucking serious? And just cracks him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't think that's, yeah, I, I, something's not adding up there. So the United employee was promptly fired. Uh, yeah. Langley is suspended indefinitely from uh, the CFL. So that happened at Newark Liberty International Airport. So, yeah, it was a, a pretty funny video. But, yeah, it seemed like the other guy could have been charged, too. But, again, witness statements are going to tell what happened before the dude starts recording. Because, yeah. you know, it, they even say that the recording started before or after the altercation began. So something took place before that. Langley's coming out saying that he called me, like, called him a dick and was calling him all these names, like, wouldn't stop, wouldn't let him let it end. So i don't know but uh that's it for the things that sting this week's edition of the things that sting powered by jones pest control ants spiders bees or mice don't think twice call jones pest control at 814-230-9548 we're gonna take a short break and we will be back with john shusky in my hive talking college golf transfer portal nil i already said everything uh so we'll be right back
All right, everybody, going to need you to stand by for a little bit longer. Uh, technical difficulties on Chessie's end, not really, uh, but he didn't know he needed Google Chrome, so he's downloading that now. Give us a few more minutes, hopefully, and we'll be right back with him.
Blue Line Auto, located at 1606 Pennsylvania Avenue East in Warren, is locally owned and operated and is a family-run business specializing in vehicle sales and service. They offer state and safety inspections and general car repairs, including but not limited to brakes and rotors, tires, oil changes, batteries, starters, and alternators. They also offer vehicle undercoating prior to winter to help keep your vehicle protected. Currently, their hours are Monday through Wednesday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., and Thursday and Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Call them today to schedule your next appointment at 814-230-9061. Your safety is their goal. Hi, this is Ryan Klein, the host of the new pop culture podcast, Me, Myself, and Rye. You can find me on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and several other platforms. Special guests, breakaway shows, bonus episodes, cold beers, and a whole lot more. So what are you guys and gals waiting for? Subscribe now to the Me, Myself, and Rye podcast on Spotify or wherever it is that you get your shows and start listening today. My high, Joe and Skeddy's very own world of sports. My hive is brought to you by Blue Line Auto. For all your automotive needs, call Blue Line Auto at 814-230-9061 or stop in at 1606 Pennsylvania Avenue, East Warren. We are back with recurring guest, Jonathan Buckets, Jusky. Oh, shit. Hold on. Hold on, Jonathan. I got something for you. Wait for it. Wait for it. Cancel. Oh, God. Oh, God. I wasn't prepared. There we go. Jonathan, can you hear us? Um, I can hear some of it. It's I don't know if we've got like a bad connection or how any of that works, but it's like really scratchy and choppy right now. I did hear some applause. I don't know what I did. You showed (laughs) up. You got Chrome downloaded and you made it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm hoping like the audio is like this super distorted. Like I I can, I know that you guys are talking, but I can't like, I can't make any of it out for whatever reason. That's no good. Scotty, can you hear everything? Okay. I can hear everything fine. Yeah. I can hear John fine. I can hear you fine. Yeah. We can hear you fine. I don't uh I, I don't know if it's like the if it's the headphones, like if I should take those, I have no idea. Um try take try taking them out, see if that helps. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn those off for a minute and see. If, as long as it doesn't make us echo. Oh, I don't know why he's muted now. Can you guys hear me better now? Yes. Can you hear us? Well, I don't know if I can hear you guys better. Can you hear us better? Yeah. Um, no, no, not really. No. I don't think that <laughs> All right. Do you want to uh, you want to try stepping out, and I'll send you another invite. We'll just cut the uh, break video. I'll I'll send another invite, and we'll try and get you back in here. Is that cool? All right. Yep. Let's try it. All right. 
right, we're all back. Can you hear us now? Man, so listen, I, we, I've done this on the desktop. I've done it on my laptop. We are now broadcasting from the cell phone, which I can hear you perfectly clear now. So <laughs> Whatever works, man. Hooray technology. <laughs> well, I'll give you your round of applause again since you didn't hear it the first time. <laughs> Joining us, recurring guest, Jonathan Bucket-Shusky, one of my favorite guests we had. Talked about his time in the military, uh, going non-traditional into college, and not not only just being a student, being a student athlete. Welcome back, John. We're happy to have you. Appreciate it. I, I heard the whole round of applause that time, so that was awesome. <laughs> so all, all of our fans, they come and come by form of soundboard on an app. Uh, <laughs> Hey, thanks for thanks for coming back on. Uh, we actually discussed you a little bit last week uh, because I had seen your post about transferring. Uh, you know, obviously catch up uh, new listeners. Last time John came on, uh, so to tell the story a little bit, John is a 20 year uh, veteran of the United States Army, and he, after leaving uh, retiring from the military. Decided he wanted to pursue his dream of being a college golfer. And not only did he pursue it, he's done it. So he golfed for Christian Brothers, uh, which, correct me if I'm wrong, right outside of Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, it's in, right smack in the middle of Tennessee, or Memphis, Tennessee, yeah. Okay, in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, so he came on and talked about, you know, his uh, freshman year, getting on the golf team and everything. Uh, just recently, I observed a post of his where he was looking into – the transfer portal. So that piqued my interest. Uh, and unfortunately I forgot to message him. I've had a lot going on, which he knows we talked about. I'm a dad now. Uh, so busy weekend, <laughs> but, uh, so we got him now though. He's going to tell the story. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to blow the announcement. You already made the <laughs> announcement, but the on show announcement, I won't say where you're going, but just, uh, talk about a little bit about what happened there. Uh, if you don't mind getting into, uh, why you decided to head out, uh, hit the transfer portal, and and go from there? Yeah, so it's um, it's one of those things that you know we went into this thing. Uh, I, I moved to Memphis, went to school up there, um, and the plan was at some point to try to get my wife and kids there. I'm I'm married, got four kids, um, ranging from a, a a college freshman all the way down to a ten year old, and um, and so that was the plan that they were going to come and, and join me in Memphis and, and we'd be there for, you know, the next three or four years or whatever. Um, but look, man, like things just didn't work out that way. Um, like financially, it's really hard. It, it, we're used to picking up and moving, but we're also used to the, the military or the government picking up the tab for that. Um <laughs> And so picking up a wife and four kids and four dogs and everything, like it's, it's really tough to pick all that up and move it and buying a house. I don't know if you guys have looked at into buying a house anytime recently, but uh, it's tough right now, man. And especially in a place like Memphis um, and and those surrounding areas, man, it's, it's really pricey up there right now. So, so yeah, we looked into it and, and we made the decision that financially it just wasn't going to happen for us. Um, And so, uh, after talking to my wife a little bit, I told her that I was going to try to find somewhere to play that was closer to here. Um, and there's, I mean, obviously there's 
I'm, I'm in Columbus, Georgia. There's Columbus State, which is also Division II, 15 minutes from my door. Um, and that was, at, you know, once I was in the transfer portal, that was the first place I reached out to. Um, just, I mean, it's at that point, it's like the beginning of May, and, you know, everybody's pretty much got their roster set for next year. Like, they finished up recruiting and all that stuff, you know, a while back. So, and they were full and, and didn't have room to take on another player, like, in their budget or whatever. So, talked to some other places and the the unfortunate part is that a couple of the places that I talked to that are close by like there's one that's about 80 miles from here um which would have been great like I you know I would have probably still stayed there uh, on campus or around campus somewhere but being able to go back and forth on the weekends and stuff would have been a lot easier than being you know 400 miles away um and uh and so Christian Brothers for uh you know, I mean, I know they've got their reasons, but they decided that uh, since that team resided in the same conference, um, I guess the, the Gulf South Conference has a rule that you can't, you, you can transfer within the conference, but the, the school that you're leaving has to give you permission basically to play that next year. Otherwise, you have to sit out for a season. Um, and I don't have a year to sit out, man. I'm 40 years old and, and, and trying to get this degree done and, and trying to uh, move on to the next thing, you know. So, um, so Christian Brothers decided to block that move and, and didn't want me to transfer within the conference. And, and it's it, like I've told people, you know, I don't have any, I don't have any hard feelings towards coach or the athletic department or anybody there. And, and the reason for that is like, I'm a competitor, man. And, and I know, I know how much I want to win and I know how much I work, uh, and how hard I work. And I wouldn't want to compete against me either, if I'm being honest, um, so, I mean, it is what it is, and it, it didn't work out. So I kind of expanded my search a little bit, um, and and I put it out there on Twitter, you know, that I was looking for somewhere to play, and it didn't necessarily have to be close to home because I'd kind of looked into all those options, and there wasn't really there wasn't really anywhere to go nearby. Um, and so I, I talked to a bunch of coaches, and, I mean, as far as Pennsylvania, Chicago, Texas, like I talked to coaches all over the country, really, um, I had a couple, honest to God, I had a couple of like division three and NAIA coaches <laughs> that had kind of followed the story. And they were like, look, man, if you just want to come here and play for a year and then transfer back to the Gulf South so you can go beat up on those dudes, it's fine with us. And, and, and while that was tempting, maybe, um, just cause I've, I've got a petty side to me. Like I'm just like everybody else, man, I'm human. Um, I, I decided that I didn't think that was necessarily the best route. And so, uh, but I, I, I got in touch with the well. They really got in touch with me. The the coaches at uh, Stephen F. Austin out in Nagadoches, Texas. Which don't ask me to spell that, man. I'm still trying to figure that part out. There, I know there's a there's a there's a C in there and a G, and I'm still trying to figure out like what order they go in. So, um, but yeah, they got in touch with me, and, and we we talked quite a bit. Um, you know, obviously there, there's a little bit of a difference in how the the eligibility stuff works from division one to division two, um, you know, division two works off of a semester clock division one works off of the five year clock. So, um, and what a lot of people don't know is that I actually enrolled in college right out of high school and I went for about a month and then I withdrew from all my classes and left. Uh, and then shortly thereafter joined the army. But what I didn't know then, and what I didn't really think mattered then was that, that started my five-year clock with the NCAA. And so 
to play Division One, you've got five years to play four seasons. And so I, I basically lost year one when I enrolled right out of high school. Uh, um, but fortunately, my my clock stopped when I joined the military. Didn't start back up until after my service was over. So like last season at Christian Brothers, I played my first season in my second year of eligibility. So I've got three more years left to play three more seasons. So we're all good on that front. Um, but yeah, so they, you know, they're compliance folks. They worked through all the stuff on their end and made sure that they had all their ducks in a row and gave me some time and my wife some time to talk and, and figure things out. And, um, and yeah, coach and I talked, uh, late last week and I, you know, I, I had actually, I had a visit scheduled. I, I was supposed to go and do an official visit and, um, and he called me kind of late in the week last week, and, and I told him, I said, you know, honestly, Coach, like, unless I'm going to come there and, like, find dead bodies all over the golf course or something, like, I mean, I, like, I don't really know, like, what you're going to tell me or what I'm going to see when I get there that's going to that's gonna make me change my mind. Um, and I'll be honest, like, in my line of work for the last 20 years, like, the dead bodies might not have even done it. I don't know. We still teed up. Yeah, so so we talked and um and and so I told him you know right then on the phone I was like I'm in, um let's do it so so yeah so in August I'm gonna I'm and this is like ten hours away so I'm actually going further away from my family now, um but yeah I'm I'm gonna go to Nacogdoches Texas and uh, I'm gonna be at Stephen F Austin uh, in the fall and and go play a little Division One golf man Division One golf at 40 years old like I'm still trying to. I'm still really That's trying to process. I, I'm still, honestly, still trying to process the 40 years old and playing college golf part. Like I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. But the idea of playing Division One golf uh, at 40 years old is still something that I just kind of, I, I just shake my head and go, man, like how did you even get here? Well, hard work and you know, being a fucking badass at golf. That's how you got there. That's really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but dude so r- real quick before i forget to ask you what schools in pennsylvania did you look at i'm not gonna i'm not gonna throw i'm not gonna throw anybody's names out there um mainly I because i wonder if any of them are close to us because uh, i can tell you so one of one of them is is near pittsburgh i'll okay. i'll tell you that all right um, yeah that's, that's pretty close yeah. So I, but yeah, it's um. I, when I tell you that, like, I, I literally had, like, I had a couple of coaches that told me, like, we'll just take you on a loan for a year, and then if you want to go back to the Gulf South, um, like, we're kind of good with doing the loaner program for a year, and uh, and I, I'm telling you, it was tempting. Like, it was super tempting to go that route, because um, I'm, like I said, I'm a competitor, man, and and so I, I wanted to get here close to home that didn't happen. And there's a part of me, like, like I said, I understand why they made the decision they made. There's also a part of me that, um, like I'm a little irritated about it. Like I'm, I, I'm not gonna lie. I was mad about it. Like I understand, but I'm still mad about it, you know? Right. Um, and so that the, the idea of, of having a chance to at least go back for two years and, and play against them. Um, that was, that was I, more than tempting. Like I, <laughs> I almost just yeah. went that route right off the bat. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that I had a chance to kind of cool down and and think through things. And I think I'm I'm in the right place. I'm I'm where I'm supposed to be. I think. And um, and yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna go play the next three years in Texas, and uh, and we'll see what happens, man. 
when when uh so is the family going with you or are they hanging back still so i will tell you this um the, the move to texas um if i'm just being honest man look financially i don't know if we could have afforded to move to memphis like i mean it's just expensive up there man um texas is a little bit more military friendly um and it's okay. uh and 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 let's just be honest like cost of living in nagadoches texas not the same as memphis tennessee man like it's, <laughs> you know, it's a little different yeah. um yeah. and if i'm being really honest i i don't know that my wife was sold on memphis tennessee quite as much as i was like i love the place there's lots of sports to watch up there um yeah. I, I'm I'm a big Grizzlies fan now. I mean, I went to a bunch of games this year, and they actually uh, the first game of the Golden State series, like they had me out at midcourt and and did this big like military tribute thing for me. And they did. And so so Is I'm a video oh, man. <laughs> like you gotta get on Twitter more, man. <laughs> I know, I do. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. I, right. So yeah, like I've I've got some pictures and stuff from that. Um, but yeah, like they they do a a thing like every home game they they honor a, a veteran. And so they picked me for, for game one of the golden state series. And Dude, that's bad. So like, yeah. And so like, I, I, you know, me and a couple of buddies, you know, we went and we got to watch the game almost courtside, like right, like basically right under the basket, um, got to watch the game and, and they did the whole thing at mid court and I got a Jersey out of the deal and this whole, and so, yeah, I loved Memphis, man. I was all in on the Grizzlies and, and really just like the town, honestly. Like, I was really comfortable there. Um, I don't think my wife ever – I don't think Memphis ever really grew on her and, and yeah. her time there and, and, and seeing what she saw, and, and that's okay. Um, she's probably a little bit more suited for, for Texas, uh, East Texas specifically. Um, and uh, so, I mean, we'll see. Like, it's the, – the tough part is I'm going to go play three years of college golf and then – the plan is to do one of two things. Like hopefully over the next three years, I feel like I'm good enough to continue playing golf at some level. And if that's not the case, then I want to get into coaching. And so the, I guess like the dilemma for us is do I move the family there for the next three years and then right. potentially have to pick up and move again because we're going to go coach somewhere or, or maybe I, you know, take a GA spot and, and go do my master's while I get started coaching. So, I mean, it's just, it's really, really hard to make that choice to like, yeah. pay, like, my, like my kids specifically, my kids have lived here for almost nine years and they've got friends and, and people at school and whatever. And, um, right. And so I just like, I don't know that I want to pick them up and kind of uproot everything for them. Um, you know, I, I mean, if you, I don't know how much you guys have watched on Twitter, like the last couple of weeks, but I got kind of bombarded by some guys that already think I'm being like super selfish and apparently I'm abandoning my family to go play college golf is, is their words. Uh, so, so, without, I mean, I don't, that, that, so that's their words without even knowing anything about your support system or, which is like really, that. it's it, like, that's the one thing that I've found about this whole thing. That's been kind of hard. Like, um, it's, it's funny that like people, people who literally just jumped in on this part of my life, they're like, Oh, this guy retired from the army. And, and like, this is the point where they entered and like, they think they know something about me or us, like our family yeah. and what the dynamic here is. Right. Um, and that's the, that's the hard part about, that's been the hardest part of this whole thing is like, 
I've tried to be very open about everything on Twitter and, and on social media because I know that there are people that like they like this story and they, they want to kind of follow along this journey. And like, look, man, I'm having fun doing it. And I like sharing all the, all the stuff that's going on and like how this is going. Um, but man, there are days like when you get comments from ass clowns that are talking about abandoning your family that you're like, man, I just want to delete Twitter and, and yeah. heck with all of you guys. And I'm just going to go do my thing and you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, my my wife saw some of those comments and some of my friends and, and I mean, we laughed it off, but it's, it's one of those things that just like, what do you know, man? Like, what do you really yeah. know? Like you, all you know is like, you've seen me tweet some, you know, like yeah. that's literally all you know about me is that I play college golf, retired from the army and you know me on Twitter and like these people for whatever reason, they think that, yeah, man, let me go tell this guy what I think about how he's living his life and what him and his family should do. It's just silly, man. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm reminded of Dave Chappelle. He I, I know on one of his specials he was talking about how he got he said I got drugged on Twitter about something that he said, and he he was like I don't give a crap. Twitter's not a real place anyway, and that's kind of how I look at it, man. Like yeah. whatever, that's dude. Not, like drag me on not. Twitter all you want. I don't give a crap. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's probably coming from people who and typically from what I gather when because I'm like. Uh, I do like a little bit of creeping when somebody's talking shit about something. I'm like, well, let me see where that, you know, see where yeah. they click their profile and see what they're about. Like, I, I that's me because I like to, you know, have a little yeah. background. I'm like, uh, like Eminem when he squares off with Papa Doc in Eight Mile, where he like yeah. researched his background. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna talk shit on you and where and your high school, <laughs> you know, and your grandma right. who liked your like. That's I dig deep, but. uh yeah, you know, it's ridiculous, and and like it, it, that story kind of reminds. <laughs> so season one, which I think you, yeah, you were a guest on season one, so we're into season two of the show. Uh, in season one, I it was you know we were just getting started. We didn't really have a like target audience. You know, my target audience was well, fucking sports fans, obviously. So I'm like on the B the. Guy Sports Podcast Facebook page news feed. You can create your own news feed. When you get a business page, you can actually go through and like other pages. Uh, like, you know, so I'm on ESPN and, and NFL Network's uh, NFL.com's Facebook page and like all these pages. Cause I'm like, if I comment on these things, then people will see we exist and they'll come watch us. That's not how it worked at all, which I later found out. But one thing I also found out is that if you troll people, which I, sometimes do like i'll talk some shit i ain't afraid uh i talked some shit from the podcast page on on some i don't even know what the topic was like i don't even remember like a few days go by and all of a sudden i get a notification it pops up and it says you got a new review on your facebook page and i'm like oh cool like we got a fucking review i'm gonna check this out so i click it <laughs> it's just this dude who's like what kind of douchebags troll people from their podcast pages on other pages? Like one star, like just, and I was like, I left it there. I didn't, I didn't uh, delete it. Cause it's kind of like a reminder. I was just like, man, that's funny. But like, yeah, like yeah. he comes on and starts, you know, which I kind of initiated it, which you did not. But uh, it just reminded me of that where it's like some guy who I don't even know is just like, fucking hates us because I like made fun of him on some other podcast or it, some other You page, know, the but. thing is, it, it remind it that whole thing was a reminder to me though. Like I've got like 1100 followers on Twitter, man. Like who gives a crap? 
But, like, I, it made me think about how guys, like, think about, I, I know you guys hate him, but I'm going to use him as an example. Um, you think about LeBron James. This dude's played basketball in the NBA for, what, what 17, 17 years love- or 18 years, whatever it's been. <laughs> we um, love LeBron. Yeah. But <laughs> no, think about, like, think about the, and I don't know how guys like him block it out. I really don't. Like, not only does he have social media and, and the people, the thousands of people that come and comment on anything he says on there, but at the same time, he's got ESPN and Fox Sports and NBC, like, all the news out. Like, all these people are constantly at this guy. And, and it's not just him. I'm just using him as an example. He's, like, right. one of the biggest names in sports, you know? Um, yeah. But it's But it's crazy – to like to think like the amount of crap that these people see and hear on a day to day basis. Like I just got this one dumbass that's you know talking crap about me playing college golf and not. I'm like, bro, my kids are in school from like eight o'clock to four o'clock every day. Like I'd be at the golf course anyway. Like what do you think's going on? Like, I'm retired, dude. Like look, bro, look at this, look at this farmer's tan I'm working with right now. What do you, what do you think I've been doing since I've been home, man? Like I'm wearing a bucket hat for God's sake, so I don't get sunburn on my ears. You know what I mean? Like I'm, like whatever, man. So yeah, I, like I just got this one jerk that's got something to say on Twitter. LeBron James literally hears it from a million people every day. And so it was kind of my reminder, like, because I'm like you guys, man. Like, I like talking sports and chopping that stuff up too. But, like, maybe occasionally, like, I don't know, maybe just give them dudes a break, man. Like, I know they're they're paid millions of dollars. And I think what we – I think the part that we forget when we say, oh, they're pampered athletes or whatever, like, we forget. Like, those dudes are human, man. And – like, yeah. I don't care if you're worth a billion dollars or if you're worth $10. Like, you don't like hearing people talk a bunch of crap about you, especially when they don't know anything about you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad you left the comment up there. Like, it's good to kind of have that reminder that, yeah, I mean, like, we're all just humans yeah. trying to get by and trying yeah. to figure things out, you know? So Yeah, so, well, and, and kind of to add to your point here, something that we've talked about several times on this show is uh, – and I'm not just saying, you know, because you brought brought that up, but like in the things that sting where we talk about, you know, shitty things that are happening in the sports world. Uh, there was a week not too long ago where we talked about two division one athletes uh, who committed suicide. And a lot of it was yeah. because of pressure built up. And yeah. I know uh, in one case, uh, it was shortly after one of them had a little bit of a bad time on a ball field. And yeah. it, the, the rash of shit that they probably read about themselves from fan pages and stuff. And, and, and I mean, even it, for, to further that something we've never seen in sports that we're seeing now is players taking mental health breaks. We never saw that before, but the emergence is so, like, and I'm not saying that social media is the only reason it's happening, but I can tell you 100% that it isn't fucking helping. It's definitely, no. not, it's definitely not helping. Uh, no, so, look, man, yeah, I think, I, look, I, like, I think, we gotta. We've got this like weird thing in our society now. And look, I know that things aren't great in the world, man. Like I know the economy sucks, and nobody likes paying five dollars for gas or whatever. Like I get it, man. Yeah. Um, like I got all the same bills that everybody else pays, man. Like I gotta fill my tank up just like everybody else does. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, I gotta figure out a way to put three other. I got one in college right now. I gotta figure out how to put the other three through college. So like I get it, man. Like I'm. 
I'm very much in touch with middle America or, or whatever. Um, but I think sometimes like instead of using sports as an outlet to like get away from that and, and enjoy a baseball game or a football game or whatever, um, I think we've gotten to this weird place in society where like that has become sports has become the, instead of that outlet, it's an outlet where we like to get rid of our frustration. Like I like, I think a lot of people are just angry in this world nowadays. And, and like I said, I get it, man. Like the world's crazy right now. And, and it's, it's tough, man. Like I get it. Like I understand. But we've we've turned sports into this like it's it's where we let all of our anger out and like people yeah. the thing that really bugs me is like if you were standing face to face with LeBron James yeah. like whatever tweet you just wrote about LeBron James <laughs> would you say that to LeBron James's face but like, that's what I always ask yeah. people because I I've got a policy and I've always I, I live by this policy if I say something about you on Twitter or on Facebook or wherever. I will absolutely 100% look you in the Back eye and say yeah. it to your face, man. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything on those platforms that I wouldn't look you in the eye and say. Um, and and look, like, and I say that understanding that there have probably been times that, like, if I said it to somebody's face, yeah, they might throw a punch at me. I'm willing to take that, man. I've been in a yeah, couple scraps yeah. in my day. I'm down. Um, but like, I think like we've gotten to this weird place where people they 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 take all their frustration with whatever's going on out on, on athletes. And the reason is LeBron James, he's an easy target. Like the dude's worth a billion dollars. Yeah. Tom Brady is an easy target. He's worth a billion dollars and he's married to a supermodel for God's sake. Like what else could he have? You know what I mean? Like Americans are just, they, they don't, they don't want to see that because they're paying $5 for gas that they can't afford and trying to put kids through college or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, it's this weird thing, man, that like, I remember, cause I'm old enough to remember this. I remember Michael Jordan. Um, I, I believe it was at the end of the first run of titles that the Bulls had, but it was when the gambling stuff first started. Like, I believe it was a series against, uh, maybe it was the series against Phoenix or against, no, it was against the Knicks. They were in New York. They had just lost game one, I believe. And then Jordan, the next day, like he went to Atlantic City and was in the casino with his dad and people found out about it and they were like, oh, well, Michael didn't look good in game two because he was partying at the casino. And Michael was like, right. no, man, like, I just went to the casino. Well, then people started digging and they found out that he liked gambling and like he literally had hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of gambling debts that he had paid to people. Uh, like Michael Jordan wasn't good for a couple hundred thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Right. Um, <laughs> but like... And, and I'm pretty sure that, like, somebody even, like, when I watched The Last Dance, like, somebody even made the comment in that documentary, like, him gambling $10,000 is like me and you gambling $10. Like, yeah. same thing. Yeah, um, yeah he had the money. But I, re but I remember, like, I I'm old enough to remember when all that happened. And, like, it was really the first time that Michael Jordan had faced any kind of scrutiny from the public at all. Um, and, it, like, it, but, like, I feel like moments like that, like I, that's really like the first time that I can remember an athlete, at least in my lifetime, a, a top athlete, like really taking it from the public. Um, and then, and I actually posted about this today. Then he went and played baseball for a couple of years and like people loved to talk about, Oh, he sucks at baseball. I can't believe yeah. it. Like, do you understand that at 31 years old, 
Michael Jordan played double A ball. He batted yeah. over 200 and drove in 51 runs in that season when he played yeah. in Birmingham. Yeah, like, yeah. He hadn't, played, he hadn't played baseball since he was 17 years old and just walked <laughs> out onto a field full of professional ball players and was like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna hit a couple home runs and bat yeah, in dude. 50 yeah. runs. Like, yeah. like, there are literally top prospects in the country right now that aren't going to bat 50 runs in and double A ball this year. But Michael Jordan yeah. did it at 31 after winning three not. NBA titles. But they might, again, not, like might people, not even make it. Might not even make yeah, that man. ball. But like people that, jumped all over Michael Jordan and talked about he sucked at baseball and 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 so that for me was like my introduction to the American public and how they will turn on an athlete in a, a heartbeat. And, and, I, and I think it all boiled down to Americans when they saw Michael Jordan's gambling all the time and they saw those numbers. Like it was the numbers that did it. If you would have just said Michael Jordan was in the casino playing blackjack because he liked blackjack, nobody would have had a problem with that. But as soon as they found out that Michael Jordan was literally betting hundreds of thousands of dollars on the golf oh, yeah. course, like it, uh, just recreation, like let me let me go burn two hundred grand, like that offended like middle class and lower class Americans. They were like, sure. well. I'm a, I'm tired. They turned on him because they'll never see that amount of money at any point in their lives, and he's just spending it on the golf yeah. course, man. Like no big deal. And, I, and 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 over the last thirty years, like that has gotten progressively bigger, man. Like Americans, as soon as they see athletes and they see those millions of dollars, athletes aren't human anymore. Like it's this is where we voice all of our frustration with whatever's going on. So it's it's super weird to me that people that people act that way, especially on social media. Like anybody gives a shit what you say on social media, man. Like, right. Whatever. Yeah. So, so the back to the Jordan thing, that story was broke. I, if I'm remembering correctly, it was by like a Chicago bulls trusted beat writer. Like it was somebody who yeah, it was, he wrote for the paper in Chicago. And then he yeah. wrote a book. Like the yeah. dude literally wrote yeah. a book and like, yeah. like really bashed Jordan hard in the book and talked about how yeah. the rest of his teammates hated him and all this stuff. It was bad, man. It was really yeah. bad. Yeah. If I, and, and another thing to add to that too, the reason he pressed gambling would, would be because you're talking mid nineties where it's popularity is nowhere near what, it, you know, today you pick up your phone and you get on an app and you make a bet and life is good. Uh, but yeah, back then, it, it was still it was still a vice, you know. People people looked at gambling as a vice, and uh, well, and that's the other thing is like, cases. like Jordan, he and he told uh, like he told reporters even then, like they they would ask him, "Do you have a gambling problem?" And he just laughed and he was like, "I don't have a gambling problem. Like a gambling problem, like my kids would be starving. But like I'm a multi multi millionaire. He's right. like, I have a competition problem. Like that's why I like gambling. And, like he he was that dude that like." going out to play 18 holes of golf wasn't going to be enough for him. He had to have some sort of competition. And yeah. for him, putting $100,000 on the line was the competition for him. Like, that's, yeah. that's where he got off. Like, that's where he got his competitive juices going. So, yeah, it was – I mean – So, to, add, to go back on something else you said, I would love nothing more than to take LeBron James on a ride-along. <laughs> or right along yeah i, I, I mean, would love to do that just to show it and there is one other athlete who and maybe this is just for a little bit for my safety that i wouldn't fear talking shit to is kyler murray because fuck him i don't like him i wish he would go play, he needs to go play baseball Skeddy loves that i hate kyler murray so much because he doesn't I, understand he, it 
I don't understand why he hates the guy, but he just absolutely loathes, loathes hey, Kyler, Kyler Murray for some reason. He's just a little, I don't know, something about I mean, I guess we've all, guy. like, for me, the athletes or coaches that I dislike, like, I only dislike them because they're, like, on a rival team or something. So, like, yeah. like I couldn't stand Drew Brees, man, because I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. And right. so, yeah, like, I, I couldn't wait for that dude to retire. And Sean Payton, same thing, man. Like, I was super happy to see that dude wasn't coaching anymore. Um, well, that, or Urban Meyer, like what? What's that? Brady. I mean, I'm being a Buffalo fan. Like having Brady, yeah. you know, retire was like, or well, leave just leave the AFC East. I shouldn't say retire because uh, even when we thought he was going to do that, I mean, I was the Bills fan who every year was cheering for Brady in the Super Bowl when he played for the Patriots because I'm like, if he wins this one, he has to retire, right? That's what he's going to do. <laughs> he's going to go out yeah. on top. And next year he's playing again. I'm like, fuck. Finally, he, you know, and, and and you know what? Clearly I was way off because even when he did retire, it was for all of what, a week and a half uh, before he was like, yeah, you know what? Just kidding. I'm coming back. But yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, So the, the big issue I have, like, I don't, I don't care if, if somebody doesn't like an athlete or a coach or a team and they want to talk shit on it, I'm fine with that. What I am not okay with is, uh, you know, like Debo Samuel coming out saying, dude, I look at my Twitter inbox. It's a bunch of death threats from Niners fans who are mad. I'm thinking about my future, and yeah. may- maybe making a business yeah. decision that fucking irks me to no end because it's like, first of all, as much as like Stefan Diggs, if he would have left Buffalo, I would have been fucking crushed. He's my favorite player. I love Stefan Diggs. He ended up, you know, signing and staying, of course, but had he left, I would have been crushed i would have hate i would have been mad at him i would have been at all sorts of things at no point would i have thought you know what i'm gonna hop on twitter and tell him uh you know that i'm gonna end his life over yeah. him like that's well, insane to me it's, well i was gonna say it's because you're a normal like functioning <laughs> human being so that's why you would do that it's, as far as it's, you know for me i don't I mean, I think, again, like, Americans love lashing out at athletes because they're the rich and famous people, and that's who – and, like, look, man, like, I'm probably never going to see as much money in my lifetime as much as, as some of those dudes make in a couple of years of playing pro ball, and that's okay. Um, and, and look, I, I get, like, that athletes I, – I, here's what, like, when you talked about, like, look, taking LeBron on a ride along, like, I know what you meant. And And – I've always viewed that kind of stuff this way. An athlete, whether it's LeBron James or whether it's me playing college golf or whoever in between, um, those dudes and, and, and ladies have all the right in the world to say whatever they want and, and, and whatever viewpoint they take on an issue. Like, man, like if I've got the freedom to say what I want to say, just because you're a billionaire that plays basketball doesn't mean that you should have that right taken away from you. What I tell folks is simply this. When LeBron James makes a statement about something or when, I mean, look, man, I don't care if it's LeBron or the president or I don't care who it is, man. Like I generally just consider the source, man. Like, and yeah. Okay. Well, like I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't understand why we care so much about what LeBron thinks about those things. Yeah. Like that, I guess that's the part that's really confusing to me is like, and, and I felt the same way about like the whole taking a knee during the national anthem thing, man. Like, like 
would I do it? Absolutely not, man. I spent 20 years, you know, in the army and, and I wouldn't dream of taking a knee during the national anthem. I wouldn't dream of, of burning the American flag. Like that seems like to me, those things are as disrespectful as, as anything you can do as far as the United States is concerned. But I also recognize that not everybody feels the same way I do. Not everybody served for 20 years in the military and, and, like I never had a problem with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee and making whatever statement that he wanted to make. And when people would ask me about that, they'd be like, how can that not offend you? And well, first of all, you can only be offended by what you allow to offend you. Like, and I don't allow Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during the national anthem to, to offend me. I don't care. I genuinely do not care. I don't see it as disrespectful to me. I don't see it as disrespectful to any of the guys that I, or ladies that I served with or whatever. And if I'm just being honest, I don't care what his opinion is on most any matter, unless it's on the football field. Cause that's what he's good at. He's a good football player. Um, and the same with LeBron James. Like if LeBron James gets on television and starts talking about an offensive system in basketball or whatever, I'm all ears, man. I want to hear what LeBron James has to say. But when LeBron James gets on television and starts talking about other stuff, I mean, he has every right in the world to talk about it, and I'm not going to criticize him for talking about it. I'm just not listening. Like, I'm not interested in listening to him talk about it, just like he's probably not interested in my opinion on most things. And I think I think we spend too much time paying attention to stuff. Like, like if you don't care what LeBron James had to say about something, then just turn it off. Like, don't listen think, to him. <laughs> I think the reason why people do get wound up when they say things off the cuff about uh, something, you know, not in their field, uh, like LeBron, for instance, is because his platform is w- one of the, if not the biggest in the world. So I, I think that, to me, that's what but, I think people, because I, uh, no, I, like, I don't get like, again, I don't get like, but heard about what he says. I don't care. Like, cause it's LeBron. I, I just generally poke fun at it. Cause that's what, that's no, how I, I deal with things like that. But I do that a lot of times too. But why, why is LeBron, why is LeBron's platform so big? Oh, because of basketball. Right. No, 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 no. I'm talking like, like, I mean, sure. He's a, he's a professional ball player or whatever, but the, like the reason is platform. Like when he speaks about something, the reason that that platform is so big it's because a million people tune in and listen. And that's what, I, that's what I try to tell people, man. Like, the reason LeBron James keeps making those statements is because you keep tuning into ESPN to listen to him make those statements. And you yeah. keep clicking on links on Twitter to see what he said next. And right. if you stop doing that, they're not going to care. Like, the media is going to stop covering what LeBron James says because it doesn't get clicks anymore. <laughs> I just think his, the people get mad when he says stuff that they disagree with because – he can sway a whole shitload of people to believe what he's saying or take interest in what he's saying. That's that's just how I think that it takes place. I agree with you. That may, in that. That may be true, but I'm going to tell you, if, Le, if LeBron James is swaying your opinion on any issue, man, you've got way bigger issues than whatever LeBron's talking about. If that was the point... If that was the point for you, you're like, oh my God, LeBron said that? Well, that changes my whole viewpoint on things. Like, then, man, you probably, but I, that's I, mean, the, I don't know what to tell that's, you. That's the fucked up part, is there literally are people who are like, 
Yeah, he's fucking right. I'm with LeBron. I'm uh, no matter you know that's that's just the reality of it. Is there are yeah, we people were, out there we're never gonna we're never gonna save those people anyway, man. So we just we just let them drift out to sea. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, so getting back to college stuff real quick. I love getting off topic, so don't be don't think I'm like oh shit, we just did that. I don't care. We could talk forever. I, it doesn't bother me one bit. Plus, you bring up good points, which we have appreciate on our show because this this show well, is the hot the hottest takes in northwestern pennsylvania just so you're aware i used to do a sports podcast man so i kind of miss that stuff sometimes well maybe you need to come on more because we got a bunch of crazy <laughs> shit to talk about especially especially when football comes up but uh so one thing i wanted to get into you with uh nil what where, where are you at with nil well i know swing juice that's how we met <laughs> yeah that's how we met right um, there sticker no so i mean i've got a couple um Swing, swing juice is obviously like like those are those are my peeps, man. That's my that's my fam, um, and, and they've been super good to me. Like I'm talking like from pretty much day, oh man, excuse me, uh, like day one of nil. Um, John and those guys at Swing Juice, uh, they were totally on board, and um, and so yeah, man. Like as far as like the the shirts and and hats and all the stuff, like. The, I know the, like, the guys that I play golf with here whenever I'm at home, those dudes are probably tired of swing juice, man, because like, that's all I wear when I'm on the golf course. Um, and, and like obviously, like when I was playing college golf, like you're you're you know you're in the uniform stuff, you know. Um, and so like this summer, like I've got a bunch of tournaments that I'm playing in this summer, and I, like I'm super excited to finally get to rep swing juice at tournaments. I'm, I'm pumped about that. Um, and then, uh, I mean, also the the barstool athlete. I don't know if you guys can see it or not, but I'm I'm sporting the ain't no hobby uh, barstool bucket hat right now as well. Um, but I, I mean, the barstool athlete thing is is just like, I, like monetarily or whatever. There's not like they sent us a, some sweatpants and a sweatshirt or whatever, which was really cool. Um, for me, that part was. I mean, it was just I thought it was neat that they did that. Like I think barstool. Yeah. For whatever flaws Barstool might have, and they do have some, um, they know how to bring attention to to certain things. Like I remember, you know, when COVID happened, and you know, college golf got canceled. Riggs and the guys at the Four Play Podcast. Um, oh no, no, it, was, it wasn't COVID. It was the year after that, I think. Um, I, they like one of the regionals got canceled because of weather. Uh, that's what it was. And they, they just took the whoever the top eight seeded teams were and advanced them. And so Riggs and those guys at Barstool, they, they put together a tournament in Arizona uh, and got the NCAA to bless off on it and so those teams could go out and compete and, and, and have that chance to get their postseason play in. So, like, so like for whatever faults Barstool has, and I, and I know they have some, um, I still think they bring a lot of attention to a lot of things and, and, and that that need attention, and I and I think they overall like I like a lot of the stuff that they do, so I'm super yeah, I do too. you know happy to to represent them too. Um, and then I've, I've got um, I mean a couple of them are are some that like a lot of college athletes jumped on with like Liquid IV. Um, like they they send me some stuff, and I post a couple of social media things a couple times a month, but and it's really good stuff, man. Like if you want to. I'll tell you, it's good for two things. It's it's really really good for hydration, but it's also really really good for the morning after. Like uh, I've had, it. We, had it. we had in a, uh, we went to a wedding in November in Florida, and they did uh, liquid IVs in all the gift bags that were in every yeah, hotel man. room. 
Yeah, they're good. Look, man, when you're forty, when you're forty years old, Beale Street ain't no picnic anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got <laughs> it's a little tougher to get up the next day. So, um, but yeah, look what IV's been great. The night of the uh, shit, who'd who'd Michigan beat to get into the championship against Georgia? Uh, Iowa. Iowa. Was it Iowa? Iowa made the playoff. No, no, no. They they beat them in the Big Ten championship. Michigan oh, didn't wait, play in yeah. the national championship, ball. Yeah. They got, right. they they got stomped out of the playoff by yeah. Georgia. So it was the night of the Iowa game was when I was talking, I was texting you, and I was like, how are you feeling? Because I knew you were pre- you were getting pretty tuned in that night. But, yeah, so look what I yeah. the next morning is perfect. Hey, I'm yeah, look what I mean was perfect. far behind you. So I, I, I yeah, really I mean, if you, if you kill that 24-pack of Bush Light, then oh. the liquid IV is really helpful the next yeah. day, man. So, uh, and then um, the Winston Collection is is another. It's a it's, it's, and it's a golf company. They do you know head covers and and like travel bags and like you name it, yardage book covers, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and they've been really awesome. And then uh, there's a company in Chattanooga, Tennessee called Talco Industrial Chemicals. And like, what does that have to do with me playing college golf? Not really much of anything, but I played in a tournament up there last summer, uh, and, and the gentleman that owns the company, um, you know, he and I became really quick friends, and, and he wanted to talk to me about, you know, retiring from the Army and what I was doing and everything. And uh, and he just told me straight up, he was like, man, he said, I'm going to dig into how this NIL stuff works, and, and we'd really like to support you and help you out. Um, and, and so that's been a relationship that over this past year has been really awesome, too. So... So, yeah, I mean, I've got a few of the NIL things. I know it's, like, for me, like, I'm not going to make a million dollars like Bryce Young at Alabama or some of those guys. Um, yeah. But the cool part for me is that, like, there there is a chance to build some of these relationships, like like with Swing Juice and, and, and others, um, because I get that my story is a little bit more unique than the average, you know, college golfer. Yeah. That the, the playing average at a, at a D2 school in Memphis or whatever. Um, the average and, and that's cool. golfer. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> the uh, well, no, I, no, I remember the last cool. time the last time I was on with you guys, we talked about the average age on our golf team at Christian Brothers. It just dramatically went down. Um, they might be like the youngest <laughs> team in the country now. So. <laughs> And now Stephen F. Austin is about to become the oldest in the country. So, (laughs) setting records everywhere, man. Swaying the bar everywhere you go. Yeah, I like it. That's right. Uh, Another thing I just wanted you to touch on, you put a pretty cool post up. Uh, Being, you know, a 20-year military vet, uh, Memorial Day weekend, obviously. Just wanted uh, you to say a quick piece on what, you know, what Memorial Day means to you. Oh, I mean – Obviously for me, Memorial Day is, is a big day, man. Like I, uh, and I posted, I posted about this on social media and anybody that, that, that knows me, um, like I've lost a lot of good friends over the last 20 years, man. And, um, and, and that part sucks. And so today is, I, I think about those guys every day, man. Like I don't need, I don't need Memorial Day to remind me of those guys. Um, but yeah, Memorial Day is one of those days, like it, I think for me, it's it's almost harder like looking at social media and looking at everybody post the stuff that they post like i think that's harder than if there wasn't a memorial day at all you know Doug, does that make sense like it's like yeah. no it does 
like I, I, I think about those guys all the time, but then on days like today when it's like American flag after American flag, and it's just a little tougher on days like today. Um, I, but yeah, so like obviously Memorial Day means a lot to me, and, and I'm and I'm glad that people, that I'm glad that people set aside a day to to, to think about those guys because I know the sacrifices that they make uh, that they made, um, and like it can't be overstated, like like men and women literally went and died for this country. And if taking a day out of our daily lives to, to think about that is, you know, I don't think that's too much. Um, I think yeah. the thing, the thing that bugs me about Memorial day is there's, there are people that have like hijacked this day a little bit. Um, and somebody on my Facebook page made a very good point earlier. They they said Memorial Day used to be almost like it was like Fourth of July Junior. You know what I mean? Like yeah. with the you know people wanted to go boating and have a barbecue and you know and just enjoy a day, you know. And now it's turned into this thing where, like everywhere I looked on social media today, there was somebody posting. Your day at the beach is brought to you by their day at the beach, and it would show like a picture of Normandy. Yeah. And I'm like, like, when did we get to this place where like, like, do you think we're gonna forget that Normandy happened because we're grilling hot dogs and hamburgers, man? Like, and, and I feel like we've gotten to this weird place where, like, like it's almost like people like they they try to make folks feel guilty about having their barbecue or going to the beach or playing around right. the golf. Like, Oh, and, and look, this goes back to what I was saying before about the athlete stuff, man. Like, think about the world that we live in today, and like the economy sucks, and we're paying seven thousand dollars to fill up our gas tank, or what? Like all the things that are wrong. Like, just let people have a day off, man. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. just let people yeah. enjoy the day at the beach right. and the long weekend and the barbecues or whatever. And because, like, I'm sure that everybody woke up this morning. And as soon as they turned on a, a TV, a phone, or whatever, they saw that it's Memorial Day. Like, they got it, man. Like, they don't need you yeah. with, like, this, like, I'm looking over your shoulder, making your, making sure you're supporting our men and women of the service. Like, we get it, man. Like, we, we're okay. Um, and so, like, that's kind of my pet peeve about Memorial Day, man. Because here's – and the reason I say that is because I know – and I know this for a fact. Every guy that I that I've served with that died in Iraq or in Afghanistan or whatever, I know that every one of those dudes would tell you if they were here right now, they would tell you, please go have a barbecue or go to the lake or go play golf or do yard work or whatever it is you want to do and and have a day like just go do whatever you want to do right. because that's what they died for man like the whole point is so that you had the freedom to have that barbecue or whatever it is you're doing today yeah. and so it just it bugs me that people like have almost hijacked memorial day and turned it into like this guilt fest or whatever they, they have too. Um, uh, the post that i always <laughs> see is like don't forget the reason don't forget the reason and the other so i, I have mean, a like, who's about, forgetting like right i have a pet thing about memorial day too actually, which is odd. I'm not, you know, I was never in the military or anything like that, but I have a pet peeve about uh, Memorial Day where people sometimes confuse it with Veterans Day. 
where they're like thanking all their friends who are currently serving. And I'm like, yeah, that, but that's, that's veterans day. I mean, and, and again, like you said, you're never going to forget, uh, you know, the, you think about those guys every day, not just on Memorial day. And like yeah, and, and my so veteran friends, like who one, I talk to, you know, I, I, I think about what they did all the time too, rather than just on, on one specific day. I've got a couple of buddies that I've talked to about that very thing because that's never offended me. Like I've, I've had people like friends of mine who have literally known me nearly my entire life and know that I've served in the military for 20 years. Like they, they understand that hit me up today and said, happy Memorial day. Thanks for your service or whatever. And, And what I try to tell people is like, man, people are busy. Like people are working 40, 50, 60 <laughs> hours. They, they don't have time to sit and read about every military holiday or regulation or whatever. And, and so what I remind guys of, especially guys that I served with or, 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 or other veterans or whatever, um, if somebody tells you, thank you for your service on Memorial day, man, just tip your cap, say thank you Roll and go on about yeah. your day. Like I, I, I don't, I don't lecture people about it. I really don't. Like if somebody says that to me on Memorial day, I just, like I said, I just say thank you and move on with my day. Um, Cause I mean, look, I know armed forces day is for people that are currently serving and wearing the uniform right now. Memorial day is for those who have, have passed away and veterans day is for everybody else. Like that's me now. Um, but I get it. But I understand that like the average ordinary American doesn't, doesn't understand like they don't yeah. man like they don't know that and and so i tell those guys i'm like look you got three days a year and and maybe four if you count like 9 11 and stuff because i know like that day is is a big day in, in our country now sure. where people like really take that time out to to stop and think about those events um yeah but i tell them like you you've got those three or four days a year where people are going to thank you for your service and like just say thanks and and move on you know um yeah. And instead of and I get it like it's it's yeah I because that to me just comes off a little obnoxious does that make sense yeah. like like if I walk up to you and tell you thank you for something and then you start correcting me for what I just thanked you for like I'm gonna yeah. be annoyed by that I'm not lying um and so I think for me like I, I'm okay with it um and, but I do understand like I I get that there are guys um because I was this way for a long time, man. I, I didn't know how to react for the longest time when somebody would say that, like when they would walk up and want to shake your hand and say, thanks for your service or whatever. Like it was always a really, really awkward experience for me. Um, I didn't know what to do or what to say or whatever. And, and finally one day I did it. Like, I remember I, I saw a guy that was wearing one of the, he had the veteran, the Vietnam hat on. Vietnam hat, yeah. It had, had, had all the pins and everything on it. And the reason that I did it was I was I was in school here at Fort Benning. It was before I actually, my family and uh, we all moved here. But I was here for a school, and I had just done this presentation um, on the uh, on one of the battles that, that took place in Vietnam. And like reading about that and, and, and researching like what took place there. I was like, Jesus, man, like, like Afghanistan had its moments where it sucked and it was really bad, but like it was never as bad as what some of those dudes did in Vietnam. And like that sucked. Like I would have quit, man. There's no way you could have paid me to go to Vietnam and do some of the, 
stuff that those dudes did, man. Like those dudes are, are hardcore on a whole nother level. And so I remember like, I, I, I just walked up to this guy and I was like, Hey, like, I, I know you guys don't hear it enough, but like, thanks for your service. And I appreciate everything you guys did. And I told him, I said, what you guys did and, and your service and, and what happened, like I have it better now as a soldier because of what you did and the stuff that you went through. Like, the fact that you lived in crappy barracks and ate crappy food and didn't get paid very much, like all the stuff that I have, like the, the BAH and the house that I live, like everything has gotten better for us as a military because of you guys. And, um, and he just stood there and listened to me talk and made eye contact and, and shook my hand. And after I was done, he was like, thank you. Like, I really, and I really appreciate that. And like, I think for me, it was that day that I was like, I'm not going to be uncomfortable when people do that anymore, man. Um, Like I'm like, and so I try to make it a point that when somebody says that to me to look them in the eye and shake their hand and and just tell them, thank you. Cause like, I didn't have to, I didn't have to come home to people spitting on me and calling me a baby killer and stuff like that. Like I, I didn't have to deal with that kind of stuff. Um, when I got back from a deployment, like those dudes did. And so like the least I can do is when somebody thanks me, as I can stand there and shake their hand and look them in the eye like a man. And because that guy that I, that I'm talking to you about, like he didn't get that when he came home, like nobody was thanking that dude for his service when he came back. So, um, so yeah, like Memorial day for me, like obviously it holds a, it holds a different meaning for me than it does for other people. But I just like, I caution people against like lecturing people on Memorial day. And like, I mean, just, Nobody has forgotten that it's Memorial Day, man. Like, we literally, like, we've only been out of Afghanistan for, like, what, 10 months or whatever it's been? Like, nobody's forgotten anything. Like, let's just chill and let people enjoy their hot dogs and hamburgers, you know? uh, Sketty might be able to help me with this one because I can't, I want to say it was Warren, where we live, who, uh, it wasn't that long ago, they did, like, a... Uh, welcome parade for the Vietnam veterans who live in our town as a way yeah, of like, awesome, since man. they, since, since they didn't get that when I, I, I know it happened locally and I think it was here. Do you remember that? I, at I don't, all or no? I don't remember. Don't remember it. No, don't remember that. It was, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't very big, mean- but I think they did, they did it over at, at the, our, our bridge. They just renamed to uh, the, our, what do they name the bridge to the Hickory street bridge is now, uh, in honor of military, and it has military flags on either side of it. Did Scotty, you didn't even know that? Nope, that shows you how much I read our paper. Yeah, yeah. No, no idea well, that you happened. Spent, <laughs> no idea. You spent such time. That was like two years ago. <laughs> yeah, nope. Missed it. Missed it. Anyways, anyways. You hey, go, you sound you like me, man. Sleep, like, I am. John. Uh, <laughs> you sound exactly like me. Like, whatever's going on, like, Honestly, I don't ever read papers. I don't watch the news. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I, I get my news from Twitter. I kid you not, man. Like, when something big happens, it, I, I've got to see it on at least, like, ten different Twitter posts. And then I'm like, all right, yeah. I'll look into this. For, but, like, oh, okay. if I don't see yeah, it trending yeah, no, on Twitter, true. I'm like, I don't care. It can't be that important. It's probably not even real. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm not even looking. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, 
But I'm pretty sure that's where they did it, though. Yeah, it was, it, it was a cool. I, I'm, I swear it was locally. I, now I'm gonna have to look it up and find the article. But I'm, I know. Yeah, like, I kind of want to. I kind of want to Google it now. But I'm using my phone to talk to you yeah. guys, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll find it and see because I know it was around here. Maybe it was Erie, but I swear it was in Warren that they did that. They did like a, a basically like, hey, you guys didn't. You, you kind of got shit on when you came home, and we're gonna. Though it's years later, we're gonna we're gonna do something to try and make that right. So uh huge yeah. gesture, I thought. But um yeah, no. So John, thanks for coming on. Uh how you feeling about like football season coming on and uh button heads with us a little bit about some NFL talk when we get going into into like training camps and stuff. Yeah, I mean as as long as as long as we're talking like before August, uh I'm probably good. I like as much as I would love to come on like during football season, um, yeah, that's I do, man. Is that golf I, I miss for you in the south. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's well, we'll we'll be kicking off the fall season uh, for college golf. Um, but yeah, like I'm I miss doing the sport because like I, when I got here to Columbus, um, like I did talk radio for a little over a year here at the local ESPN affiliate, and that was like the coolest thing I'd ever done. And uh, I did it with a, a dude that had been in radio for like 30 some years, man. And, and we were, man, we had so much fun doing that show. And then I left there. Um, and then I, like, I started my own podcast, like self-produced it and, and had a buddy that, that we did the podcast together. And um, we, we were able to block off time at the local radio station there. And they let us come in and use their equipment to record it. And it was awesome, man. Like it was cool. really well done. Yeah. But like the the part for me was like I just love chopping up sports, man. Um, yeah, and so so yeah, as much as mission here. Yeah, so like as much as I miss that, it's just like, and the 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 really the thing that sucks the most is like during the summer is when like there's to, to me anyway like there's the least amount of sports to talk about. Like yeah, like the NBA is the NBA is about to wind down. Um, the NHL is gonna is about to wind down. And, and baseball is not even a third of the way through their season. <laughs> so yeah, like, and, but, but like for yeah. me, like for me, baseball is, and I know that there are some people that are like, this is about, this is probably the most controversial thing I'll have said tonight. Um, <laughs> baseball to me isn't a real sport until August. I'm sorry. I said it. Like, I, I can't. I can't be interested in 162 games, man. I can't. I, how invested do you expect me to be? I can't do it for that long. And so uh, you're not going to hear any rebuttal from him or I. I know that for I don't, I don't even and start I like watching baseball. it until August. I can't help yeah. myself. I can't do yeah. it, man. And so this is literally the most boring time of the year for me because also at the same time, like now that I don't do the podcast or radio stuff anymore, I don't keep up with like all the off season stuff in the NFL. Like I watched the draft and I paid attention to what my team did, but I don't yeah. give a crap what the other 31 teams did. And so like, yeah. I don't, I don't re I don't keep up with any of the storylines and stuff. I'll be honest with you. There are probably going to be, it'll be like at least week three and I'm going to be watching a game and I'm going to be like, Holy crap. That, that dude plays for that team now. Like I guarantee that's going to happen to me at some point during the NFL season. Um, Cause I've missed like every trade, every free agent, move. like I have no idea what's going on. So yeah, it well, sucks, but we'll get, we'll give you, we'll give you a couple months to catch up. And then before you ship off to uh, Naga, Saka, whatever the hell that town is called in Texas, 
<laughs> whatever, whatever. He, <laughs> what's it called? Well, it's it's not Nagasaki. I can tell you that. It's, <laughs> right. um, no, uh, Nagadochus. I can't believe right, you've never heard of that. Like I've at least I've at least heard of Nagadochus, Texas, before I've ever even heard, show up. I've there. heard. No, I've heard of Stephen F. Austin. I've heard of the school. Yeah. But I've never heard of Nagadochus yeah. or whatever the hell. It was, yeah. But well, uh, and, and, see, and I didn't know this. Like they're I knew that their mascot is they're the lumberjacks. But what I did not know is how big the foresting industry is in East Texas. Like, oh, um, I, like I had no idea that, that forestry was such a big deal over there. And uh, apparently it's a huge deal. Like at Stephen F. Austin, like they have like a whole program dedicated to forestry and all this stuff. So, so yeah, man, like I'm, I, I do feel like I've got the look for the lumberjack thing though. I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. Like yeah. I'm going to throw an ax handle over my shoulder and, and head on down there, man. Do they wear do they wear like red plaid golf polos? No, so their their colors are like it's like purple, black, and white. Oh man, I don't know what I did with my. I just got my flag in the other day that I ordered. Um, but yeah, it's like purple, white, and black, and like some so, combinations that have some like gray or silver or whatever in it. I think, but you, um, you were our you were our formerly our second favorite pirate behind Johnny Depp. Uh, but now you're heading off to, so you fro- went from the pirates to the lumberjack. Am I the, am I your number one lumberjack? You'd have to be. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I would have, I would have put me at number two behind the brawny guy until he shaved his beard, and now that dude's a loser. So <laughs> the brawny, guy. I'm, I'm definitely ahead. Of, I'm definitely ahead of that dude now. But the thing is, he did have a beard before it was like super cool. That's true, but yeah, I mean, but like when it became super cool to have a beard is when they shaved the guy. I was like, yeah, "What are you like... doing to this dude?" <laughs> it was it was awful. But no, speaking of the plaid shirt, so like we, my wife has already been on the internet and scoured the internet, and we are putting together my look for football season because I'm I'm super pumped that Stephen F. Austin has football because my last school did not have football. Right. Yeah, 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 and that stinks, man. Um. So yeah, we're already putting together my look for like football and basketball because I'm gonna—I'll definitely be at every basketball game that I can get to while I'm there. Um, but she's already found me like the the flannel shirt. It's like purple with like the little white stripes and everything. Nice. Um, I guess they they have a tradition there where incoming students like everybody gets their own axe handle to like bring to the football games or whatever. So I'm super excited about getting my axe handle. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, man. I am. I love the college experience at 40 years old. I wasn't ready yeah. at 18. I'm. I'm super ready hey. now, though. I, like I enjoy Scotty, all this. Scotty and I are living it through you, man. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, like I'm. I'm telling you. The other day, I was wearing this hat and I had on a pair of like white sunglasses, and and my wife was like, "You're giving off like some real. Uh, what what's the movie? Um, fear. Uh, Fear and Loathing. I've only seen it one time, but like she was like, you're giving off some serious vibes like that. And I told her, I was like, I'm, I'm just a college dude, man. I'm just hanging out, enjoying life, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, John, thanks for joining us. Uh, we got to wrap up because I have to go be a dad. Yeah, man. And hey, I hope you get some sleep, buddy, because uh, – these next few months are going to be rough for you, my guy. Congratulations, though. Seriously, man. Thank you. It's, it's, uh, I told Skeddy, and actually, I, we kind of told the story at the beginning of the show tonight about 
how this whole weekend went down and everything, but like, there's no feeling like it. Like one, the, they, people, no, that's incredible. Every, everybody told me that and I never, and, but they could never really explain why, why is there no feeling like it? Cause I ask, you know, like, what do you mean? Well, I can't really, I can't really put it into words. And now like I get it. So like I'm on that same. So now I'm telling people like Sketty, I'm like, Hey Sketty, there's no feeling like it. And one day he's going to look at me and be like, you're right, man. There is no feeling like it, but I no, tell I'll tell you, you, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this before, before we were done. I watched an interview with Ryan Reynolds once and he was talking about becoming a father. And he said, look, he said, there was a time, like he said, I look at my wife and I love her more than anything in the world. He said, but then my, my child was born and I held that baby in my arms. And in that moment, I realized that I would use my wife as a human shield to protect that baby if I had to. Um, and, and that's, I'm telling you, like, that's how it is, man. Like, man, there's something about when you have kids and like, when you hold them that first time, like, you know, there, there is no mountain that you wouldn't move, man. Like to, to protect that kid. So, uh, but, you know, seriously, congrats, man. It's, it's really awesome. I love being a dad and, and, uh, and I'm sure you're going to, you're going to be good at it, man. Appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll touch base with you here in a couple months and and get you on before you ship off because we'll we'll talk about the uh, John Shusky's exit to Texas. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we'll we'll do that when we get close to you. Give me a heads up on when you're uh, going to be moving out there, and then we'll do it before we'll do it before you move. Uh, last question for you: Do you have uh, any room on your golf bag for a new towel? We got some, do you have any room on your golf bag for a new towel? We got some uh, Beehive Sports Podcast golf towels made. I can send, I, I'll Absolutely send one out. Absolutely, I do. Yeah. All right. I, cool. I'm telling you, I can't get enough golf towels. And uh, the, the only golf towel that I have on my bag that, like, doesn't come off of it at all is my Any Given Monday towel from, from my buddy over uh, at Any Given Monday. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow Ryan or not, but – Literally my favorite golf follow on Twitter, man. I love following that dude and keeping up with, with what's going on with the Monday cues and, and what they do. But yeah, that's the only golf towel that I have that just won't come off my bag. But yeah, well, I'll, send, I'll make I'll this send, my second one. I'll send you a few of them, man. We we just got them made like, I don't know, about a month ago or so, but they're just awesome. a 10 inch microfibers, but they're, they're cool. So yeah, I'll get a couple of them down to you and uh, Hey, we appreciate you coming on. I uh, can't appreciate it. Look forward to having you again. And uh, I'll, I'll uh, keep in touch. Yeah. I'll do a little bit better job keeping in touch. Now I want to, I want to see how this all plays out with D one plus like that future goals. Right. Yeah. So if you move, yeah. move into bigger and better, I'm just going to be like, yeah, that, we know John. Yeah. He's a buddy of ours. He's <laughs> on the show all the time. Now he's now, now I'm betting on him in the PGA championship. <laughs> That's right. Just don't tell me. No matter, <laughs> hey, whatever whatever your odds are, I'm taking them. I don't care. It's worth it. So, All right, my man. Hey, thanks hey, again for coming. Appreciate y'all having me, man. Thanks, John. Absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Always goes along with John on, and it doesn't bother me one bit because the topics are always nope. great. So, it yep. was cool having him. And, uh, yeah. So, 
That's going to wrap us up, though. Long episode tonight. That's okay. We had a lot to talk about. I had to talk about being a dad. Yeah. You know? You, you, you yep. didn't uh, You, you got to go be a dad. Interview, but yeah, I do got to go be a well, dad. Well, you that guys were just me. going off. I, I was just enjoying. It was, Let, it was a good conversation. you guys though. do all the talking. <laughs> How was your barbecue you went to or cookout? Uh, it was pretty good. I kind of, I kind of half expected, I kind of half expected you to show up on the show tonight, like a little bit lit up. Oh no, I got lit up yesterday. So tonight was, I had like two years earlier and just, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't feeling too good. Yeah. Got into the gin and lemonade yesterday. So yeah, it was, it was a rough one. What'd you do yesterday? Uh, we had a cookout up at Riley's families. Today was my family. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it was. So a, you were yeah banged up with well, did, family. Took it easy with your own family. Yeah. Well, I I had a gin and lemonade at golf yesterday, and she laid out at the pool, and then we went up there, and her uh, cousin said that he wanted to do gin drinks, and then I ended up drinking all the gin. He drank beer. I was like, "What are you doing? I brought this just for you." And yeah, I was. <laughs> long story short, I I ended up banged up, real real banged up. It happens. All right, let's uh, shout out the sponsors real quick. Swing Juice, uh, proud sponsor of Shusky also. Bush Light, your daily local, JP Photography, Mean Sales and Service, Jones Pest Control, and the Me, Myself, and Ride podcast. And last but not least, Blue Line Auto, sponsoring the My Hive segment. Thank you, everybody who tuned in. Uh, We'll be back next week. I believe everything's on schedule. We still have a couple weeks before we have to change the date and time for the June 20th, week of June 20th. So we'll figure that out when we get closer. But uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, Until next week, take care. Be safe.